Hey everyone, today is Friday, 23rd of February 2018. This is The Gap, episode 407. I'm Luke Laurie and Job Yor is here. Hey, going, Job? Oh, I'm pretty good. Pretty good? Yep. Yeah, pretty sunburned, actually. Oh, sunburned? How'd this happen? Uh, I was drinking... In the sun? On, on a raft in the sun, yep. It was a... It was a mistake. The mistake was not re-upping on the sunscreen. I sunscreened when I first went out on the water, but uh, then six hours passed. Oh. Mm. You got to get that good stuff, the the eight-hour lasting sunscreen. Well, I didn't really wait very long before I got in the water after sunscreening up either, so that might have been another part of my error. Might have just washed it straight off. It's got really weird splotches of, like, sunburn. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, my boobies mm. are very sunburned, uh, and my inner thighs, because it's sitting on the raft okay. in my um, b- burger or shorts. They're pretty short. Well, these are all lessons that can be learned for next time. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, apart from that, pretty good. Yeah. You know, yeah. Didn't, didn't spend 60 hours on a plane in the last week, so I'm actually pretty cool. To be honest, what about you? How are you? I'm all right. Yeah, so I have spent <laughs> 60 hours on a plane over the last week. Uh-huh. Um, I'm getting there. So I got back uh, Wednesday. It's now Friday. Um, last night and Wednesday night was was a bit rough. I, I went to bed at about 11. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a night person. Like, usually I go to bed quite late. But I, I could not make it at all. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'll get back into it. And it means I've been getting up at, like, Eight, eight, eight o'clock, seven thirty, which is pretty hard these days. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I'm feeling, I'm feeling fine. Like I'm not jet lagged or anything like that. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. I, I got back on Wednesday and went out drinking that night. So, yeah, so, nice, solid effort. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Good effort. Um, cool. All right. Well, where, where were you? Or do you want to talk about that later? What are you talking about now? Are you on? Go. I uh, went to Montreal. For yep. the Rainbow Six Siege Invitational 2018. Mm. Yes. Um, I think everybody knows that we're pretty big fans here of Rainbow Six Siege. We've been championing it for for quite a... Well, since the game came out, right? We were the fucking... The we're originals. We were the first ones to recognize its potential. Mm. Nobody saw it coming, except us. Because, as always, the gap yep. is the fucking best. Yep. So, uh, the Invitational is kind of like their big um, tournament that they do where they get uh, like all a bunch of the international teams that have qualified for the event and put them all up against each other to try and see who is the best team of the world. Mm. And um, they did this one uh, last year and Nate went along to that one and I think he probably, I think he came back on here and talked about it. Um, yep. But at that stage, they were kind of doing, um, uh, I think they were doing PC and Xbox, weren't they? Around that stage? Uh, yeah, PC and Xbox, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this event is purely... It's it's all PC now. They're, they're focusing oh, everything on PC. Um, which, uh, Mind Freak, the Australian team who went this year, were there last year on Xbox. So they've transitioned yeah. across. And they've actually retained uh, a player <laughs> from that team. So yeah, uh, that's uh, pretty huge. Pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, like... That's properly impressive, to be honest, because it's like mechanically so difficult. It's like it's difficult going both ways, but hey, hey, hey. But uh, like, I think going from 
like console because there's there's so much more you have to think about than just like changing you how you control shit right like you've got to do all this other shit as well like you've got to think about the game completely different you know yeah and I, I wonder if like a lot like how many people could actually make that switch and still be successful yeah I like you and I could do that uh, you know well of course we're fucking we're renaissance gamers <laughs> We can uh, we can switch between all kinds of shit. Actually, that's not even remotely true. I changed I I changed how I uh, like my fucking sensitivity <laughs> on my mouse after you guys were all giving me shit. Yeah, and I went from being perfectly capable to being completely fucking incompetent. Uh, I've, yeah, but the, know, the how the the trick to that is you've got to change it like a little bit, like slightly. You, you yeah. sort of you sort of start at a point, and then every like two weeks or so, you sort of tone it down just a little bit so the changes aren't uh, super noticeable. And then you get to a stage where you're just like, oh whatever. It's it's kind of like the um that that gag from the office where he's putting like shitting his his um his telephone, and he keeps making it heavier and heavier. And then eventually he takes all the weights out and he smacks himself in the smacks. face. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's kind of like that. You got to do it slightly. Right. Yeah, because I went from 3,200 or whatever I was on to 800 like you all said <laughs> I should. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I just die now. Like, I, I couldn't do fucking recall. I couldn't handle my recall anymore because, you know, like, that, that sort of shit is just muscle memory at some point. Like, it's not even something you think about. You don't think about fucking controlling recoil. You just fucking do it anytime you shoot. And, like, that is a critical part of being successful in gunfights is not having to think about, well, now I've got to fucking drag down to fucking control my recoil. No, you just fucking punt into a motherfucker and uh, they, they drop. But when you've changed, when you've quartered your mouse sensitivity uh suddenly you're like well i guess i'll just shoot the sky now because apparently i can't do anything else about it yeah it was uh it was rough uh but that said like i've never had a problem going to console to be honest like like but i think yeah that's what i'm saying like i think as a pc gamer it's easier to go to console than it is to go from console console gamer to be pc you know Hmm. Because I think, like, you just have to get your head around. I think as a PC gamer, you're already thinking about so many other things. And as a console gamer, yeah, like, I don't know, the range of impact, right, that everything has about it on console is so much smaller, right, because of your lack of general mobility. Like, you know, you're not able to move the way you are on a PC. Like, nobody's ever... Well, not nobody, like the fucking super pros are definitely fucking moving pretty close, but they will never, ever, ever compete with the super pros of PC, you know? And uh, so, I like, if I'm saying if the super pros were on PC and you plugged in some fucking Xbox controllers, you would never see the best fucking Xbox gamers beat mm. the best PC gamers. But if those Xbox gamers were to then pick up a mouse and keyboard and apply themselves i'm i'm sure some of them absolutely could and that's what i think you know mind freak has shown is that like obviously who who's the fucking who's the tie over who who came across only one of them right uh i'm pretty sure it's just one of them um aces was it i i 
think it might have been Aces, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Aces is on like was on both teams, right? He's the only one who made the transition. Obviously, their coach, and uh, I think they got a sub as well, um, who came across. But yeah, like otherwise, they're all like PC gamers. But like Aces, yeah, has obviously had to work hard to to make the switch. But I think his fucking performance showed that he was capable of doing it, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, so. Sorry. How was it? How was um, Montreal? How was the invitation? Uh, I'll talk about Montreal to start with. It's a, it's it's pretty cold over there. It's I think winter mm. um, at the moment. So we were we were getting in, and the temperatures were ranging between uh, like negative fifteen to negative five <laughs> somewhere around there. So it was it was quite cold. Like it was snowing that sort of thing when when we were there. Yeah, um, but. Uh, we like we didn't spend much time outside. It was just sort of transitioning to uh, finding e- either a, a cab or an Uber or like going out for dinner um, or mm. drinks, something like that. So it wasn't really we, we didn't spend much time outside. But like everywhere inside is ridiculously heated. Like you would just walk around in a t-shirt. Um, like you'd get there all rugged up with your jackets and long pants and like your layers because that's what you got to wear. And you get into the venue and it's like, well, all right, everything comes off. It's all T-shirts now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So everything is super warm. It's, it's nothing like you're walking around in, in all this crazy winter gear. Um, right. But yeah, otherwise, the venue was was really cool. Like it, it was sort of like this art, um, this artsy type venue um, where sort of it, it was like this circular um, setup that they had where in the middle, the two teams would kind of sit uh, and then above them would be, uh, I think they had like four screens above them, like four giant screens so that everybody sitting around them in, a, in like a circle could sort of watch the screens and the action that was going on. And this, this actual, uh, room f- facilitated about 1200 people, um, right. which compared to last year, I'm told it is, uh, they basically doubled the capacity of people. Um, and the other thing I was hearing was that, uh, that they sold out that event like a long time ago. So they had the potential yeah. to go even bigger than that. Um, and, and also like the place was packed. It was, they had the seats were full plus people were standing up around the edges, like at the top, um, uh, sort of where you would make your way down to the seat. So it was Pete, they had seats set up all around the outside of that. And there was like two or three layers deep of people sort of standing and watching. And then outside the, um, the main area, they had like a lounge room where they had another giant screen and they had all these lounges and chairs set up. And they were like, uh, like uh, we were sitting out there watching a bunch of the games and, and you could see like all the teams would sort of sit out there sometimes and watch it. Like they just kind of chill in the, the lounge and, um, like the mind freak guys are sitting sitting next to us at, at one stage we're watching a couple games and just like that seemed to be like the area where you sort of didn't have to go in in, in the main room you could sort of just chill out and talk and that sort of thing and watch the game so yeah man like super like packed event a lot of people and i could definitely see them going even bigger next year when they um decide to throw another one or, or even this year right because they're gonna they've announced that they're doing um a paris major so they're doing two events this year um, so I yeah, don't, yeah. I don't know. Uh, like, I'd love to see them go to a different venue and something, and try and do something even bigger because mm. I think they've got the capability to do that. Um, they're getting huge numbers, but 
yeah, everybody, it was a really good setup. The, um, so at the top, uh, I just spoke about like they got four screens at the top. They had everybody sitting in the middle around the, the outside, um, at the top of the venue, they had this really long giant screen where, uh, it would have the team profile pictures, like the plays in, in, in the game. Uh, and then whenever somebody would, uh, get eliminated from that team, they're sort of, it'd sort of have like an, uh, a red mark or, or whatever that was sort of show up and so that they've been eliminated, um, had their team name there. So this had, they had two of these giant, really long screens, one on each side for both teams. And then they had, um, the other thing that was really cool was that whenever the, uh, diffuser would be planted, uh, the entire stadium would kind of go to this red color and, um, and it would just kind of signify that, Hey, the diffuser's down. The teams have to kind of kick into action. So they had these really cool lighting effects. And the other thing that was really awesome is they had this fucking Hunger Games cannon where um, every time somebody, like, every time someone dies in the Hunger Games, you hear this cannon sound shoot off. Okay. Uh, and they had this thing going in the actual stadium. So whenever somebody died in the game, you'd yep. hear this thud sound and it was like in your fucking chest. It was so loud. Um, like the first time it happened it scared the shit out of us like it was nuts um, I saw you tweeting about it the, oh, they've, they've ramped up the, the Hunger Games thing and I had no fucking idea what you were talking about because it did not translate to the stream at all well that, that's the thing right is that it's not um, that's not an in-game sound effect it's something because like um, so they, they had all this production stuff going on with like the diffuser planning um, you know the stuff on the top of the, the screens people dying so they had all these things tied in to the game and they had this fucking cannon shooting off every mm. time somebody would die and it was amazing like it was so fucking like it added so much to the game um and then like it would yeah it just make this sound and you'd feel it just in your chest and by the end of the weekend i felt like they were just turning it up slightly every single match <laughs> uh, and it got so fucking loud towards the end but yeah that was that was really cool that that production one um so yeah the uh the actual setup was was really i thought it was really quite good um in terms of you know the layout everybody no matter well i i don't know but where i was sort of sitting and, and walking around throughout the day it never seemed like my um my view was sort of obstructed by anything like they were really good right uh really good clear screens like big it doesn't matter sort of where you're sitting it just seemed like you had a view of the action the entire time um you could see the players from where you were sitting they weren't obstructed by anything uh so yeah really good setup i I quite enjoyed it and then um so back to outside where they had all these lounges set up they had uh like an art gallery uh, around like three of the walls or two of the walls where fans had kind of drawn all these um all these pictures of the games or painted stuff so they had a bunch of those set up um and they had like a when you sort of walked in, they'd had a, they had a merch table where they were selling T-shirts and and uh, and hats and just all this type of gear, and uh, really fucking good quality stuff. Like some of the stuff they had there looked <laughs> was quite good. Like it's stuff that I would wear. Um, yeah. And that stuff sold out within like the f- end of the first day. All the really? merch had gone. Oh, no. it was it was ridiculous. Um, cause yeah, it would have been nice to get a t-shirt or something, but they, uh, it was like literally all gone. I did get a hat, but that, that, that's about it. Um, I'm not a hat person though. So it'll go to my, right. my hat collection of gaming stuff that I've got. Right. Um, yeah. And then they had like a, um, 
uh, a couple of different other areas where they had hands-on with uh, some of the things we'll talk about a bit later, um, some of the new modes they talked about and, and sure. some of the updates. And then they had like a, a media room where the um, we did all our interviews and, and that sort of stuff. So yeah, overall the venue was, was really cool. Everybody was really friendly. There was some awesome cosplay going on, like stacks of cosplay, lots of people dressed up as their like favorite operators. Um, the best one I saw was this dude walking around. He had a dog with him the entire weekend. Uh, just <laughs> chill, and he was getting interviewed by like everybody. And he ended up on stage at one moment, like I think during the last the last day. So he was quite popular, that dude. Um, yeah, awesome. Yeah, so that was cool. But um, yeah, so we went. Ac- I went across with Nate Nate Lawrence, uh, yep. who is has been on here a number of times, um, and we were kind of following sort of what the Australian team was doing, Mind Freak. And yep. also uh, some of the updates and, and new modes that we're talking about with, with Siege and I guess the rest of the year as well. So uh, I guess we'll start off with Mind Freak. Um, mm-hmm. They got uh, they started playing the, the group stages before we actually got there, um, yep. which was uh, a six-day event, uh, three days as group stages, where uh, 16 of the best teams from around the world sort of competed um, and they were split up into groups depending on their skill level. Um, and then two of the top uh, uh, teams from each group were were then moved across to the main event. And the main event was a three-day, um, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday that, that I went across to to watch. Yep. And so uh, our group was, um, uh, yeah, uh, we had a, a tough group as, as far as I thought. We had uh, Rogue, a North American team. Um, we had... A team Liquid, who are a, uh, a very well-known esports organization, they were a direct invite to the competition. Um, and then we had Room Factory, which is a European team mm. uh, out of Russia. Um, so, yeah, and then there was us, <laughs> the the APAC qualified, one of the APAC qualified teams. Uh, so the first game we played against um, Rogue the uh, North America team and we did not do very well we, we lost that game uh, 2-0 uh, we scored so it's the best of um, first to five and we ended up going uh, 5-1 on the first map and then 5-3 on the second mm. and this was all happening at about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning our time yep. um, so we got up that morning and we're like oh man we did not do well so um yeah, it just seemed like, you know, it was going to be good good practice for the boys, at least, to, to kind of get over there and get some experience. And then um, day two kicked off, and that was the game where we were up against uh, Rune Factory. And Rune Factory had actually lost the game uh, the previous day to, to Liquid 2-0. So it was a double elimination group stage where if you lost two games, um, you were basically done. And um, Rune Factory ended up not winning that game against Mind Freak. We won that, um, like, in a really cool game. So we won that one. Um, the first one was 6-5, the first match. We lost uh, that lost round against Room Factory, and it was really close. So that one went into overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we were down, like, 4-1 or something like that at one stage, if I recall. Yeah. I've watched, I watched a lot of Rainbow over the last week, so I'm a bit... That's, I'm pretty sure that's how it worked, yeah. That's how it went down. And then... Uh, the boys picked up and they won the next two rounds 5-0 and 5-0 for the next one. So they won 10 straight after that, uh, after losing that first round, which was like really fucking cool. Um, so we, I woke up that morning. I think I messaged you guys being like, holy shit, we, we just knocked out Room Factory. Yeah. Um, 
which is awesome. I think you watched that game, right? You, you, you watched I did. It back? Yeah. yeah, I watched it back. I didn't watch it live. I didn't watch any of the games live. I just I just had it on, like, and I'd spend my entire morning watching the games. It was, all, like, totally worth it. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we ended up winning that game and knocking out Room Factory from, from our group. And yep. then the next day... Um, so the next one is when... Uh, uh, Nate and I are, are actually traveling at this point. We're on a plane. So we've gotten to um, we've gotten to LA at this stage and we're waiting for our next flight across to Montreal. So we've had a, a 13, 14 hour flight. We're at the bar. Um, we're drinking. We're not expecting to watch this game at all because uh, during they had like a schedule up and the schedule sort of fit into when they when the Australians were playing, we would be on a plane to Montreal. Um, so we're at the bar, kind of just uh, having some food, having some drinks, and um, and then I was like, "Oh, let's let's watch the EG game. Let's just fire that up and see how they're going," because um, EG was playing for us, and we fired it up, and the Mind Freak game had started. They were like one round in, and we're like, "Holy shit! All right, we're gonna we're gonna be able to watch some of this because our flight is not for another hour and a half until we take off." And so we started watching this game, yep. and. Um, Mind Freak took the first round, 5-3 on Chalet against Liquid. And I think that was the, the like, oh, the holy shit moment for us where we might actually have a chance at this. Um, and so we were getting quite excited <laughs> watching it by, like, yelling and shit uh, after, you know, a, a couple of drinks. And yep. um, and then uh, Liquid brought it back the, the second map. They won that one 5-3 on mm. Cafe. Uh, and then at this stage... We're, um, third map has sort of kicked in, but we're starting to board the plane and, uh, we're, we're sort of at this, the gate and you can see there's people there that are definitely going to Montreal for this event because there's like, uh, gaming t-shirts around. There's like people with Twitch gear on. Um, so Nate and I sit standing there watching the games and like two guys come up behind us and like, oh, you guys gonna, you know, the invitational, um, can we watch like the game with you? Cause you know, we've flown up from Utah and we're going from Utah to watch it. And, uh, Nate's like, Oh, what, what team are you guys following? Like, who are you going for? And they're like, no, we're not going for any teams. We don't really know. We're just, we're just really big fans of the game. Oh, awesome. so yeah. So now there's suddenly, you know, four of us watching. Um, we're like, yeah, we're from Australia. We're following mind freak. And, and, um, so now we're watching, watching this game. We start boarding the plane and then these two dudes are literally in the two seats in front of us. Um, yeah. We're right up the back of the plane. And yep. so, it, like, at this stage, we're in different seats. And they, they've got their phone out now because we've convinced them that go Team Australia. Um, <laughs> so now they're watching. Uh, yeah, and the game ends up uh, going Mind Freak's way. And, and back of the plane's going going off because everyone's really pumped and excited. Uh, and the dude next to us that's sitting uh, next to me and, and his partner's like, oh, what are you guys, are you guys watching the Olympics or something, dude? Australia just win a medal or something. We're like, no, we're watching, <laughs> watching video game stuff. And, you know, he starts talking to us, you know, what video game type, type of things. Oh, yeah, cool, cool. Um, so, yeah, my freak end up winning that, that round and uh, eliminating Liquid, making it through to the main event, which was fucking so good. Super awesome. Yeah, man. I'll tell you what, though. Fucking no respect from the casters. That was driving me fucking bananas. Before the Liquid game, They'd written off Mind Freak already, and they had still written off Liquid uh, Mind Freak when Mind Freak had won. Mm. Like, 
ridiculous. Ridiculous. It wasn't that big an upset. Like, I understand because we were, like, sort of cynically writing off Mind Freak in the <laughs> in the sense, like, I was just trying to, well, mostly you guys were trying to give me shit for not coming along the trip with you. Yeah. And I was trying to throw it back at you by saying you weren't even going to fucking see Mind Freak play because you'd be still on a fucking plane when they got knocked out. <laughs> uh, but... I, like having seen them destroy Room Factory and seeing how good they'd been against Rogue, it was actually not unreasonable to think that they could beat Liquid. Like it wasn't like if you if you'd been following Mind Freak, you know that they weren't actually done. They weren't like a write off, especially after the Room Factory game. And yet, like. The casters, who that's literally their job to follow them, had written them off before the Liquid game and were still writing them off the entire way through. Every single thing that Mind Freak did well was chalked up to, like, bad play from Liquid. And, like, there's no question that Liquid made mistakes. But the fact is, like, watching that game, Mind Freak played like fucking gangsters. They were aggressive as fuck. They were on, like... What is it? The refrag, right? The fucking, they were on the refrag almost every single time they got the refrag when they needed to, like, they just outshot Liquid. They out fucking played them. So, like, how come they get fucking no respect? Ridiculous, man. Yeah, that was pissing me off. Anyway. Yeah, so we were we were pretty pumped after that game because, like, holy shit, we're going to get to see an Australian team up on the main stage, which is really good. Um... Uh, at the same time, I would love to see every single team up on the main stage. I think everybody deserves to um, to have a shot, whether it's a best of one or something like that. But it's logistically um, you know, a, a bit hard <laughs> that way. Um, you know, it's it's, it's of, hard. Yeah. But, like, if you fly for fucking 30 hours and then don't make the main stage, yeah. that has to feel bad. Because the, the, the experience you get, out of being on the main stage can be just as valuable for an entire region. Like for an entire region as like the fucking experience of playing on land with the best teams in the world, you know, like it's, it can't be discounted. I, I absolutely think everyone should get a shot at being on the main stage, you know? Yeah. yeah I think either like extending it an extra day um, and getting those like best of ones out of the way, way would be, I think you could do it that way. Um, but yeah, that that is something I did ask ask them about because I think I do think every team should should get to experience that, and, and you know you've got fans as well that have bought tickets and, and people that have travelled from around the world to watch their yep. team play, uh, and getting there and not seeing that is is quite disappointing. Um, totally. Anyway, so yeah, um, that so yeah, my freak are now on the uh, the main the main stage, and, and that's really cool. We got to to watch them play. They went up against Black Dragons Esports. Um, a team out of uh, Latin America, uh, and they did not do very well against it. No, yeah, but that's that. I reckon, like when I was watching it, it seemed like a totally different mind freak. It's yeah. like they were so much more hesitant, and I reckon that's what I'm like. That's what I'm talking about in terms of main stage experience, because like like playing in a fucking room on land is totally different like i hear it time and time again from players like when you get up on that stage you you like even if you're not like thinking about it right it's in the back of your mind that idea that literally everything you do 
is being scrutinized at like this insane level and it's not the same as like you know that there's like how many people were watching on twitch something like a lot hundred yeah. they peaked at like uh hundred eighty thousand one day but they released some numbers it was like nine million unique um yeah ended up watching it like even thinking like that all these people are watching you on stream right is nothing compared to people in the audience watching you cheering on your successes jeering your mistakes like that is happening live right live in living color and you know that that's happening and you know that there, there are people doing this and you like you can't ignore that kind of stuff and as a result like yeah i think it impacts the way you play you know you might be more hesitant to go for something or you might like punish mentally punish yourself more for fucking up on a refrag and stuff like that. And it sort of spirals out of control. And so that's, that's what I'm talking about when I say like main stage experience, like it is infinitely more valuable than, than almost anything you can get out of like out of playing at, on competition. And, and so, yeah, I think next time, right. Having had that experience, they won't make the same mistakes. They'll know what to, to look at. Like, they know what to check themselves for. They'll have that, like, like that fucking initial shock of jumping into cold water, right? And then now, like, next time they go in, they'll, they'll know what the water's like, right? And they'll be able to accommodate for it. Because they just, they so seem like a different fucking team. It was yeah. crazy. So, I, I spoke to them um, after, uh, after that game to kind of, Sorry, I spoke to them the next day. I wanted to give them a break. Um, you know, not jump in straight after the game. Hey, what the fuck happened type thing. Like, give them a day to think about it. Um, so, yeah, I spoke to them the next day about sort of what went wrong because they lost that match 2-0. Um, and they only took uh, one round out of, uh, you know, first to five. So, the, yeah, the nerve stuff was something I asked about, like playing in front of, uh, you know, hundreds, thousands of people plus everybody online. And they seem to be under the impression that that wasn't really much of a factor for them. They, they'd played big tournaments before. Um, they were used to playing in front of people. It, it was more for them the um, they weren't used to the meta that they were seeing. Um, right. So they, they'd actually organized uh, in preparation for the event to play a, a bunch of international teams. So they played uh, like teams from APAC. Um, they played, they'd organized scrims with teams from North America um, by finding mutually exclusive like... Uh, servers that worked for both teams like somewhere in the middle because um, for them it wasn't a, a factor of uh, having you know oh, I've got 150 ping for, for both teams like at the end of the day they, they don't need to practice their shooting they're, they're trying to practice their strategies and and um, and getting an idea for the different metas yeah. and, and uh, they, they basically were saying that it was the meta they just weren't they didn't know about or sorry they knew about that type of meta but they weren't prepared for it they didn't know how to really deal with it because they hadn't right. played it before um which was uh what they came up against was a, a glass ying and blitz combination um which basically means you end up with like uh, half a dozen smoke grenades you bust into a room with smoke grenades um glass can see through smoke because he's got this heat detection on his sniper rifle so the moment somebody is in that room he can he can shoot them and then you've got uh blitz at the front line with with his uh shield that uh flashes people and then yep. Ying behind them is throwing also flash grenades and, and 
clearing out rooms. So they didn't really know how to deal with that. They hadn't, like, they said that they'd heard of that matter before and they knew that combination, but they, they didn't know how to deal with it. So they, they have to go back and try and figure that part out. Um, right. So yeah, they, uh, I, that's where they were saying they went wrong, basically. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I mean, they would know, right? Um, yeah. How did they not get any fucking experience with that meta then? I guess they just didn't have any scrims lined up for those those types of teams. Uh, I think there was two Latin America teams. There was um, Black Dragons and... Let me check. Yeah, Gaming. Was In the like, quarters? Y- yeah. Because obviously Team Liquid... Oh, and Liquid, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, but su- it's, like, surprising that um, that Liquid didn't pull that out. But, oh, I wonder how that might have gone if uh, if they'd, they'd tried that instead, you know? But it seemed like Liquid itself, from you know, when the casters weren't actively deep-throating the team, they were <laughs> saying that uh, Liquid plays a bit different from the rest of Latin, uh, Latin America, so... Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yep. Anyway, mm. so, man, they did really fucking well. Like, top eight Shit, yeah. in, in the world. Um, n- nobody expected them to make top eight. Uh, yeah. They they were... Because, um, uh, uh, yeah, obviously, I interviewed them. I sort of asked them what their goals were in, in reaching, like, realistically where they wanted to, to get. Because, um, like, obviously, it's... Uh, we're not good at esports mainly because... Sorry individually we can be good at esports we've got players in really good teams yep. overseas and that sort of thing but usually as a as a whole as a team when we send people as over, a region we don't, yeah. we don't do very well mate because we're so far away um it's hard to practice with other teams around the world like you can sort of play japan southeast asia that sort of stuff but um it, it can be a bit harder we don't get to go to many tournaments that sort of stuff so we're, we're usually lagging behind a little bit um so I like I asked them realistically, what were your goals to get to? And they said, look, we wanted to get to top eight. We didn't think we'd, we'd you know, we, we don't think we're going to win this type of thing. But top eight for us was our, our main goal, and we got that, so we're, we're pretty happy with it. So, yeah, man, I, I spoke to uh, like the esports director and some of the other guys there, like just off topic sort of stuff. And they're like, yeah, like uh, Mind Freak has been the biggest surprise for us this tournament. We didn't. We didn't really expect them to to get that far. The the Oceania like region has mm. gotten so good, um, and I guess that's a testament to what Ubisoft is doing locally, right? With they're running so many big competitions with ESL, with the Pro League, um, and just sort of growing this region with sort of APAC as well by having us play those teams as well. Um, yeah. yeah, they're just doing such a good job. I think one of the best in in. Um, Australia in terms of in terms of like pushing esports, there's a couple of people doing good stuff like uh, like the League of Legends stuff and and um, that's really Counter Strike stuff is alright as well. But yeah, in terms of Counter Strike's been honest, dude. You <laughs> you you have no idea. No, there mean, are so many fucking games for Counter Strike. I mean, in, in terms of publishers getting behind it, because that's oh right, that's yeah, not really. Like, that's yeah. not Valve no, doing that. That's that's just community. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Ubisoft is kind of one of the the big ones that are really pushing this sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, man, they I think they did awesome. They they did really good work, and and they seem to learn a lot from it, which is really cool because they get to sort of bring that back here and make the region even stronger. Yeah, totally. Uh, like that's that's exactly what's going to happen. 
Um, I still like. I think Mind Freak, um, like Nate was with Nate and I have been talking about it because uh, he did a big story about um, Mind Freak. Like he did his big interview that went up just before we started this podcast. Cool. Um, and yeah, he um, he was saying that he fully expects that they'll be the team representing APAC at the mid-year uh, major. Paris, yeah. Paris major, that's it, yeah. Yeah, that's happening, I think, in August. Yeah, like, I, I think that'll totally be the case, but, like, uh, after that, I think it's going to be real tough. You see it all the time in other, in other games where, you know, one team repeatedly returns to these international tournaments, but at some point, like, the other teams start to catch up mm. and that crucible, you know, that, that, the, that my freak will create will just force other teams to be so much better. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we watched, uh, we watched them play. I think they were the second team up for the day on day one, uh, which we knocked out. And then sort of from there we were doing interviews and, and other stuff, but I watched, I think we watched every single game from then on. I uh, was sort of, or most of them, sort of just sitting in a lounge uh, watching on the screen and sort of typing up articles and whatnot. And yep. then it got to the last day and um, EG versus Penta was the mm. final. Yep. Uh, EG obviously being the the team who won last year. So Turning world champs, yeah. Looking to do it uh, back-to-back um, and, uh, and take that again. Big hammer. But, yep. yeah, man, oh, my goodness. This match was... Awesome. ...was freaking insane. Yeah. Right. Um, another reason why you should have a game. <laughs> like, there's a really good. There's sometimes sort of one-sided matches in, in grand finals like this, but this one was looking to go that way, and then it just turned like yeah. so quickly, and it was ridiculous. Um, EG came out like really pushing hard. They they ended up taking the uh, first two games. Uh, in the match so they played clubhouse they went 5-2 on clubhouse and then um, that's kind of where Penta sort of started getting their momentum they went uh, the next game went into overtime and it was 6-5 in favour of EG um, after game 2 they uh, they went and had like a they usually have a break in between every mm. second round um, and then they'll come back and jump back into it and this is where Penta, yeah, really stepped it up, and and they went five uh, three on Cafe, um, and they did that <laughs> by by pulling out this fucking combination, which was uh, ridiculous, because uh, basically Penta was up like three two on that map, and yep. they they sort of needed to do something to bring it back and make sure they weren't eliminated eliminated. And they bring out this fucking Monty pick, Montaigne. So Montaigne's got this giant um, shield that he walks around with. And it's it's just this wall of, of steel. You can't really shoot shoot through any of it from the front because it's a, fr- from the bottom of the floor up until uh, a couple of feet above his head. You can't shoot from the sides because it, uh, it has this sort of wall that sort of circulates him and you can't shoot him from above because there's like a window as well. So it's, it's really you got to come at him from behind because uh, he's just this giant tank. And nobody really uses Monty anymore because um, Blitz Blitz has sort of become the, the one that you pick. Blitz is, yeah. is sort of like a, a half shield with a, um, a flashbang on it. It sort of flashes people and, and blinds them. 
And he's sort of the one that's been picked up competitively for, for quite a while. So they pull out this Monty pick, uh, and the fucking casters are like going nuts. Like, what what's going on here? This is this is unseen. This is not something you really see. Anyway, they end up winning that round um, as Monty, and then they pick him again the next defensive round, and they win that one as well, which secures them the series uh, that that actual round. Um, so they're they're now down. 2-1, but they've got this pick that they've used, and um, it seems to be doing quite well for them. And uh, and then they, they go to the next map, which was uh, Bank, and they continue to use Monty for, like, the next three defensive rounds. Yep. And uh, it's still working for them. Like, EG does not have an answer for this at all. Um, yeah. And uh, I think they lost one round all up the next, like, three or four times that they picked this, this Monty. Um, they just, and I think one of them was just sort of like a cheeky, they, they come up behind somebody died type thing, but yeah, they, they played him like five times and did really, really well with him. Uh, so they end up winning bank five, two, and yep. now it's, it's a draw. Like it's two, two Panthers sort of brought it back and, and, uh, EG is really struggling to, to do much because the last sort of game that EG really won convincingly was that first round where it was 5-2 and since then it's been it's been like reverse role reversal <laughs> yeah and then they go on a coastline and uh coastline is like a lot of fun like it is neck and neck the in, the in, most of the way I think I think Penta and I think EG wins the first round then Penta goes like three straight mm. um and it's like 4-1 at that stage and EG has to come back in order because Panto only needs one more round and they win the entire tournament. Um, so EG ends up coming back. They tie it up and it like pushes the game into overtime. Uh, and then, um, yeah, man, uh, Panto ends up taking the next two rounds. And so they're basically the last round was like... Uh, Chate gets the, the diffuser down and it's like a four versus three. Uh, so Penta's like got the numbers and they're ready to go. And then, um, they end up trading a fight, uh, but EG, EG cleans up an extra kill. So it's now back to even. It's now two versus two. And mm-hmm. then, um, Fabian on Penta ends up going down and it's now two versus one. Uh, EG's favored with the numbers, but the diffuser's down at this stage. So EG needs to try and diffuse the bomb. And, uh, yeah, man. And then, and then the last kill, last two kills, uh, Pengu, I think it was, ends up killing both the EG players. And the crowd goes wild. Yeah. Um, really fucking good finish, man. Like the, the way that it just kept going back, like such a super tight fight for the game to go to a, like a, the, tied the entire way. And then the last series come down to an overtime match was insane. Was so much, so much fun to watch that yeah it looked it, like it was it was awesome watching from home but it yeah it definitely seemed like the crowd they did they pan to the crowd a lot and the crowd seemed fucking hype as balls so um yeah it definitely seemed like it was one worth watching um would have been real good live oh well <laughs> yeah. oh well um so that game finished and then um i went down and i got a chance to talk to pento Yep. Um, one of their players, uh, Chate, and he, um, yeah, man, I, I basically like asked him what, 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 like, what happened in that game. You guys were down two zero. 
sort of what's going through your mind at that stage and, and, and how do you bring him back? I said, like, it seems like you, but you guys pulled out this Monty pick and, and that completely turned around. I was like, where, where did this come from? Um, and he said, yeah, we, we, we kind of talked about some strats before the game um, and Monty was, was one of the ones that came up and he said, we, we got to that third map and we needed to do something random. We, we didn't know what to do and we, we played the Monty and it seemed like EG didn't have an answer for it, so we just kept playing it. Um, so yeah that just it went like that was a turning point he said that they got momentum that that game that third map and it just seemed like that's when they started getting back into it and yeah um, it seemed to do pretty well for them so yeah man Um, I'll also add that I think uh, I think it was I think Nate asked him um, something about the map or coastline and they were talking about how they don't really they don't really play it that much and he said that they scrimmed with Mind Freak on yeah. the map. Yeah. Was this in Nate's interview? Yeah, it was. Uh, like, it was, uh, like, confirmed, but on background, the details of it. So, uh, he must, uh, you guys must be talking about it with Mind Freak at dinner or something. Yeah. Um, so, that's where he heard that, yeah, they'd, they'd scrim them on Coastline. And, uh, yeah, he confirmed it with them, uh, which is pretty fucking epic. Um because yeah, they yeah. Who plays like who would play Coastline? Look at the fucking. It was how many times does it play during the fucking Invitational? Uh, Once, I think, maybe like twice. Like no, they everyone banned it out, or like it was like the fucking last fucking option. It wasn't even banned. It was just like not picked. Yeah, it was played uh, once, one other time during the uh, the quarterfinals. Yeah, like just crazy people don't play it so yeah they needed someone to play with them and, yeah and, and so mind freak ended up being the team that played him on con- uh, on on uh, coastline uh <laughs> and he was talking about like because they ended up winning that um that scrim like 5-1 mm. <laughs> and he was saying we weren't sure if we were really good at it or if mind freak was just really <laughs> shit <laughs> my follow-up question at that point was going to be oh um, what do you think of the like how well the Australian scene did like mind fr- and then as soon as he said that I was like <laughs> let's not oh, ask the same question yeah yeah but it's cool to see that um, yeah mind freak had a had a slight hand in in helping them prepare for um prepare prepare for that match which is really cool um, yeah but man oh my god that uh, that series was so good like having this comeback win where the team was down to zero for them to come back and then it having have it go into overtime oh my gosh such a good such a good um grand final to watch uh you, you can only sort of hope for that sort of thing you don't really want to see a um a 3-0 which is what we were expecting because we were watching that final um out in the lounge to start with because we went in there and yeah as i said the place was packed we couldn't get seats um so we went back out in the lounge and it got to the third map and um and I, th- I think that at that stage, yeah, EG was up and like, oh, let's go in and we'll watch the, the ending live. And then as soon as we went in there, the whole thing turned around. So, yeah, a lot of fun, man. I, I quite enjoyed it a lot. It was really good to watch. I- I'm a big fan of of uh, Siege competitive, competitive yeah. games. Awesome. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right, so that was the competitive side. Um, and then we also saw some, some other things. They talked about... Uh, year three and sort of 
what's going on in Rainbow Six Siege Year 3. And um, there's there's a few things that they went through. Um, one of the big ones is, I guess, the, the road to 100 operators. It's always been their dream to sort of have this game last a really long time. Um, and they're at, I think, 38 around that number operators in the game. Um, that is something I'm just pulling out of my ass. Yeah. I feel like I've heard it. I, we've talked about it recently, right? And 38 sound like a good number for me to pull. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so this year they're adding another eight and um, and they revealed the the next two that are coming in, Finca and Lion, yep. which sometimes when they do operators, I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to use that. Like uh, Vigil is one that I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to use that. But you right. see him a lot competitively because yep. um, he's such a big nuisance. He's, he's, a, he's a Roma that can't be picked up by cameras. You can't see him yeah. on the camera. Um, and you get this sort of little, like, little distur- uh, disturbance in the camera that, that shows you, oh, okay, that he's nearby, but you can't see him. And so yeah. what that means is you've now got all these guys trying to look for this one dude. And it, he's sort of like a time waster because um, yep. you don't know where he is. Anyway, yeah. I don't like that's To me, that's not fun. Um, I like playing playing a bit more aggressive heroes. So, Finker and Lion um, seem like uh, two, <laughs> two operators that are going to be picked up quite a lot. At first, Finker was not something I thought... I thought, oh, that seems quite average. Um, I'll talk about Lion. So, Lion is um, an attack operator who is able to basically have wall hacks for a couple of seconds. Yeah. Um, he has this drone that sits out on the map which can't be destroyed. It's sort of just sitting there. You activate this, this ability and there is a three-second countdown. And after three seconds, um, so the, the other team gets notified that this ability has been activated. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody that is caught walking um, or moving for a certain amount of time after that uh, ability has, has triggered uh, will show up on the enemy's uh, feed as like an outline. They'll be able to see them. And... Um, and it'll tell you if you've actually triggered that, that, hey, you've been spotted, you should fucking <laughs> be careful. Because uh, you'll basically get wall banged at that stage. Anybody that can has a line of sight on you through a wall um, will be in a lot of trouble. So that lasts a few seconds. Uh, we ended up doing some testing with that, Nate and I, and found that he has some, some weaknesses. So you can set up mute jammers, and if you're standing near a mute jammer, when this yep. ability triggers and you're moving, then um, it cancels it out. You can still run around, but you've got to be close to that mute jammer in, in right. range. So that's a sort of really unique circumstance that's kind of going to happen. That's not going to present itself often. Yeah. Um, the pros seem to think that he's broken at his, this stage. Yeah, um, it is. But at it saying, sounds hideous. Yeah, it's in saying that, like, um, they obviously haven't had much time to play with him you know, it's hard to tell. I mean, you can use him for baits and that sort of thing. There's all this sort of mind games that can sort of come with it. Yeah. As well. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, one thing I brought up with the Mind Freak guys when I was talking to them about this, I was like, he's this attack operator, but you can also use him, like, defensively with, like, uh, when you put the diffuser down, you could trigger it then. And then that forces the other team that has to come back on defensively to either decide not to move or give away their position of where they're coming from. And I was sort of describing this to my free guys, like, 
you know, you could use him both ways. Yeah, I can see how he's OP. And they're sort of like looking at each other like, and he goes, we didn't actually think of that. <laughs> so, Jeez. Yeah. That's uh, it. You're, uh, you're the new analyst. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm coaching. From now That's on. it. It's time. <laughs> yeah, so he's, he seems pretty powerful. Um, and he can trigger that three times at the moment. That's um, crazy. Obviously, this stuff isn't coming out till early next um, next month. Uh, so there could be some tweaking and whatnot. The test servers are up at the moment, I believe. Maybe. <clears throat> um, yeah. Anyway, there could be some things happening with that. We're not sure yet. But yeah. let's see what happens. Uh, Finka's the second one. And Finka is a support operator on attack. Um, she has these like nanobots that she injects people with at the start of the round. Yeah. Um, and then is able to trigger them at certain stages during the matches. Um, and what it does is anybody that is downed on your team gets instantly revived and a small health boost. Yeah. Um, so he's sort of like a, sorry, she is sort of like a, um, sort of like a dock, but um, can trigger that wherever she is on the map. Uh, and then also anybody else that is in, uh, that gets that, that uh, nano boost gets a small, small health boost and i think it's like 20 or 20 something like that and um and then they also get uh like better accuracy as well so boost your accuracy quite a bit um so these like small little support buffs that they get and they uh they released a video of the um sort of how she affects other players and what she does uh and then they started talking about like other abilities that affect what she does and this isn't stuff that we were really told about on the day, but um, yeah, it's really insane. Like the sort of detail they've gone into this actual character. And, Cause I sort of wrote her off being like, Oh, she doesn't seem really that important type of thing. And then I spoke, right. spoke yeah. to mind freak and they're like, Oh no, she's, she's like really good. Like those small things are, you know, accuracy and that sort of stuff is, is really important. But then um, she's got like all these counters as well, where, it's uh so if you've got a um like a pulse on the other team mm. it enables so everybody's heartbeat starts going quicker because they've got this boost that means that pulse is now getting more information back from them oh his heartbeat sensor um is picking up heartbeats and their hearts are beating faster so now he gets more information um and then there's like smoke uh smoke throws these uh grenades down that have like poison gas in them and if you've if you've got this ability effect on you at the the moment, then they breathe in faster. They t- they they take more ticks of damage quicker, um, which is like these really weird little things that sort of interact with the other operators that I think is super interesting and stuff we haven't really seen a lot of before. So yeah, man, that that sort of stuff is really fascinating to me and how they're um, they're sort of playing with those abilities a little bit more. I think there was like four or five different interactions that sort of worked with, with Finca, um, both wow. positively and, and negatively. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's that's really cool. That sort of stuff. They're sort of taking that route and, look, and thinking a little bit more about how these operators work and and uh, how they can interact with the other the other players and the teams and whatnot. Um, yeah, that's that's really cool. Two operators, I think we'll we'll see um, a bit. Probably, I, I think Finca more competitively. Um, in, in terms of the competitive save for, for um, Lion, I, yeah, man, that's going to be a, an interesting one. I think like a mid to high tier operator. Um, but in your casual matches, I don't think you will see much Finca. Like, um, 
I don't think we'll see it much at all. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. But competitively, yeah, it sounds like they're going to pick her up a lot. So, yeah. They're um, two really cool operators that, that seem like a lot of fun to play with. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward. Like, yeah, I can't wait for year three to kick in, I guess. Yeah, really soon. Um, the other things that are happening are unlockables. They're going to, at the moment, you purchase unlockable content um, with uh, rainbow bucks uh, renown in the game. So, hey, I want this shiny new red dot. You use your in-game uh, currency to, to unlock that. Uh, that's going away in the future. They're going to have all unlockables, um, current and in future installments of the game will be f- automatically unlocked. So you don't have to use that, those points anymore, which is cool. Um, the other thing they talked about is there's, I think we've talked about on the show quite a while back, there's like all these different editions of Rainbow Six Siege. There's like a starter pack uh, and a couple of uh, SKUs that come with that. And then there's this uh, really, really uh, like a uh, baseline copy of it called a starter edition it's a bit cheaper um I, I think it slows down your renown progress a little bit but it's um it, it's like the introduction to to rainbow six siege like hey you can spend a couple bucks to buy it um you'll get a couple operators and maybe you'll like it if you do like it then you can get the next the up- upgrade it to the next version um so what they're going to be doing is in the uh in the standard edition of rainbow six siege you'll have 20 starter operators unlocked. So you've no longer got to use your renown again to unlock any of those guys. Um, they'll just be ready to go, including all the unlocks. And right. then the starter edition will be going from um, four operators unlocked to six. So you get two six, extra yeah. ones, yeah, which is it's really cool. I think they're doing their smart changes, uh, allowing you to sort of... <laughs> well, yeah, now that I think about it, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's stuff in there. I think the having having the the stuff be like hey you've got to unlock this means that you you sort of slows down your learning progress you've, you've got to really take time to learn some of these guys whereas hey here's 20 operators it's sort of like that dota effect right where here's 110 heroes yeah which one are you gonna pick yeah so, oh gosh um i guess like the training stuff in dota is they give you a small pool but yeah this is sort of taking the training wheels off that and being like all right you can pick whatever you want whereas you don't have to pick recruit and then uh, and then go from there. So, yeah, that, there's some positives and, and negatives about that, but um, at least you don't have to spend renown anymore to unlock a lot of this stuff, which is really cool. Um, esports. Let's talk about some esports stuff. So, really big things that they're bringing in: uh, picks and bands, which is huge. That um, is pretty big. I spoke yeah. to the creative uh, director about um, about this and sort of where where this idea came from um and he said that uh, dota was a big inspiration for rainbow six siege that when he created or first pitched rainbow six siege um he wanted a, a dota type game in in a first person tactical shooter um and, and he said that his dream has always been to to once he gets picks and bands in there he, he felt like you know that he'd accomplished that that uh that dream so yeah that's something that's coming what's gonna what's gonna happen is uh, each team will have uh, the ability to, to pick and ban a defender each, so four bans all up. Um, and yep. the ban affects both teams. So if you ban, uh, oh, hey, this team is really good at Ash. I'll just throw a name out there. Um, or Glaz. Then you ban that operator, but it's also banned for your team as well, so you can't use that. 
So, uh, really interesting. Um, really interesting. It's gonna, so I'm curious to see how this sort of plays out and uh, how this affects how how it affects sort of some of the picks. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty curious one because, like, having to. Uh, like what if what if you just fucking ban out the Habana and Thermite, right? Like, but you can't because you only ban one. Like if they ban out one and you ban out the other, like if if like if they ban out the Habana and you're just like fucking okay, that's how we're gonna do it. Yeah, nobody's then, getting through reinforced. Then you've got to do it as well, like, right? Like screws both. But I think I, I did ask them about that, and um, I don't know a hundred percent what the quote is off the top of my head, but they've um, I think they're at the stage now where they that's no longer an issue how how so um because there's enough ways of getting into certain areas oh right yeah okay yeah I get that. yeah okay fair enough um it, like but I, I think the interesting thing is like both teams are still fucked so yeah it's, it's not like you'd be just fucking one team right like you would definitely be you'd have to have your own pocket shit hmm. ready yeah exactly but I think it does mean we're going to see pocket strengths, right? Like, we're going to yeah, see... And that's awesome. Yeah, that, that really changes the, the format of the competitive... And also, this is just competitive scenes, pro league stuff. This yeah. is not casual games, ranked games. It's it's only yeah. for pros. So saw a lot of people <laughs> being upset about this when they were announcing it. And, and they uh, they didn't really mention the part where this is only for pro league until the very last moment. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, picks and bans is only for pro league. Yeah. yeah yeah but still really cool and uh are there some like other some hidden shit or something yeah so the other thing they're doing is um they're going to change the format of attacks and defensive rounds it's going to be uh five straight attacks five straight defensive rounds so it's no longer alternating i, I guess they're going isn't that how counter-strike works uh yeah yeah going down that route um, yeah, fair enough. I guess we'll see, right? They again, this is not set in stone. This stuff they can switch back at it at some stage, but they're going to try this format of. Uh, I don't think they should, to be honest. I think it should be. I think they should still switch rounds each. I don't know what they're gaining out of doing it. You know, yeah, like switching it to five. What is it? Yeah, however five, many. Yeah, five attack, five attack, and five defense. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the fucking gain is, but I, what I do know is that like teams are like it's definitely going to exacerbate any maps that seem lopsided to one like one way or another you know like uh like if you if you continuously see one team winning like you're just gonna really want to be on defense like for example what seemed like a fucking defensive heavy map like fucking consulate seemed pretty fucking weighted towards defense mm -hmm. just because of uh, the options you have to lock down certain spots. Like, I like yeah, if they win five, all they need to do is then win one map, right? One round, rather. Yep. Right? And they have that advantage because they went first on, on a defensively, like, weighted map. It's not like, like, Counter-Strike gets away with it a little bit, uh, because there are so many rounds, right? Like it's like twelve, I think, isn't it? Something Fifteen, yeah. fifteen fucking rounds for you to get your shit together, right? But on, across five, 
it's too too easy and like yeah too quick um and there's there's also the fact that like economy plays a big part in counter-strike so you can use that to manipulate how the fucking game is going like i mean provided you don't get fucked by the economy early on like yeah you can use that to mitigate some of the problems that um maps that favor one side or another um lend but uh yeah in this there that's not an option like economy is not an option and yeah too too fewer rounds just means yeah you're you're gonna i think we're gonna see a lot of fucking lopsided shit um it's gonna be very rare that we wind up seeing the fucking the clutch shit Mm-hmm. Uh, that well, we saw at the Rainbow Six Invitational. What I'd like to see is them fucking extend out the overtime, extend overtime to be until one team goes two fucking maps up, two rounds up. Yeah, do that. Fucking make them play forever. I don't give a fuck. Uh, Isn't that how it works? Or is it? I know oh, no, it's just first one to win. First to six. First to six. Yeah. Like yeah, no fuck that. Make them go all the way. Yeah, make it like tennis. <laughs> Exactly. It yeah. just never ends. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah, uh, cool. um, I I reckon like some of the best shit happens in multiple overtimes, and yeah, like I, I think that would fucking totally totally lift how we how we watch this sh- like rainbow. Yeah. Anyway, you were saying I I interrupt you. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Yeah, I, I did speak to the uh, live gameplay designer about that part of the game so yeah I'll, I'll probably have a bit more about that uh, in an interview um, but yeah that's that's sort of what they're doing with that the the picks and mans and attacking defensive phase the other thing they announced for esports is they're gonna um, they've pretty much said that they've got they're supporting this game for another two years awesome um, yeah so they're 2019 is confirmed for Rainbow Six Siege um, they've changed up yeah the esports format they're gonna have a lot more competitions obviously uh, the two majors, so the Paris major uh, will be coming up this year, and they'll probably do the same thing again uh, next year, or at least uh, tinker around with it. So, yeah, they're, they're supporting this game for um, another two years, going quite well for them. So, it's good. Um, maps, map buffs, and reworks. This was mm. some juicy stuff. Yeah. Um, so existing maps. So they talked about uh, they they removed a bunch of maps from the competitive a, a couple months back. Um, and even did things like, hey, we're removing uh, yacht. <laughs> that that's going. Yeah. See you later. Um, but what they're doing with uh, map buffs is the existing maps will be uh, balanced and sort of fine tuned a bit more. Um, so starting with season two, they're going to start working with clubhouse, and uh, they'll be making changes to things like walls, uh, doors, um, adding in staircases like adding in completely different new uh, ways of getting into uh, like rooms uh, to try and tighten up the maps and make them a bit more uh, at the moment what they're doing with with bombs are you can you choose a room and then the next round you go on a, uh, on defense you choose it's like a second room you can't choose the same room over and over again and what they're hoping to do with this is give more like a fourth viable option in the game um because that that's something we talked about when this game first came out in the pro scene is like hey what's to stop people from just choosing the most defensible 
uh, position in the map and just exploit that every single time. And they, yep. what they ended up doing was having, all right, you've got to alternate between a couple. You can't just choose the same one over and over again. And what they're hoping with the map buffs is that this will give uh, a bit more viable options to some of those some of those positions that you can choose and allow you to you know, pick a bit more. Um, I don't know if that will happen. I still think you're going to run into cases of like, this is the best spot on the map to choose. Um, so yeah, well, I guess we'll see what happens, but it's cool that they're going in and, and reworking some of these maps and making them a bit, bit more competitive. Um, so yeah, clubhouse will happen in season two and they're going to try and do one every season. So we should see a couple this year being redone. Um, did you get a chance to check out some of the changes? Um, I saw the clubhouse, like the images and stuff, so I don't really have a, a good idea about it. To yeah, be yeah, they didn't show us like we didn't get to run through the maps, but they I saw the same video that you did. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the second one is reworks. What they're going to do is, as we said before, they've they they've taken out some maps already, um, but this one is going to be completely reworked. They're going to start focusing on Hereford base first. And yep. they're working it from the ground up. It's a completely new redesign, um, which includes like level design and, and, and graphical assets. Um, the example they showed was like, hey, here's Hereford Base as it looks like now. And here it is in the rework. And it looks completely different. It's got this new um, art style. They've sort of taken it back like 40, 50 years. Um, right. Yeah. Like a World War Two, World War One era. Um, yeah. Cool. And yeah, they only showed us the outside. <laughs> Didn't get to see the inside at all. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess they're keeping that one close. But yeah, I, I did speak to them about that. Like, is it, this is not just an art style thing. This is and not moving a couple doors. I said, no, this is like, it's completely being redone. They're, the level design will be brand new. Um, so yeah, that's really exciting. But I'm a big fan of Hereford. It's El Clasico. So I hope there's a way to bring back El Clasico. But whatever it's uh, i hate hereford so <laughs> whatever yeah what cool. so that's year three man what a well that's that's a bunch of stuff from year three they're, they're pretty on board with supporting this game for uh so you talk to people at at in the rainbow 16 yeah so i spoke to um a, four devs <laughs> four devs yeah i spoke to the did uh, you show them a picture <laughs> of a world map uh, and and the, all the continents. Yeah, yeah. Did they actually know? Like, did you actually bring up I did. that Australia is a fucking continent? And what did they say to that? I did. I said to them, like, look, you've got new operators coming out um, this year, and, and uh, you know, you go quite detailed into their biography, and and uh, people get excited about their nationality. And I saw this conversation went on for about forty five seconds, me like drawing this up. I was like, how do you guys? pick this like where these people come from do you guys have a like a giant map and australia's not on it or you know we're the sixth <laughs> largest country in the world in terms of you know total area <laughs> we're in the we're in the fucking group stages out there like what's going on uh, sorry main event like what's going on where's where's australia on this map um and he started laughing i think nate had done the interview just before me i knew he was going to ask exactly the same question because <laughs> nate right. asked him the year before what was going on and he said that yeah we're going to put Australia in there and there is no Australia yet yeah. in the um, operators so Nate followed that up and then I came in next up hello he's an Australian yep. uh, where are the Australians and he did say again yes 
I promise you that there will be an Australian operator in the game. He didn't say when, but he said, I promise you there will be one. So it could be six years from now. Who knows? I, but they specifically said they, they had operators from every continent. That's what I can't get over. Because Australia's a fucking continent, okay? Did they you say can't, that? Or was that yes, someone? I looked it up. No, they specifically... It was in their press release. Was they it? were... Because they added North African. And they're like, with the addition of African operators, we now have operators from every continent in the world. And we are very proud of that. Motherfuckers, Australia is a continent. God damn it. You should have told me about this press release. I would have printed it out for them. Oh, my lord. Yeah. I knew I should. I knew I didn't go into. I knew I sounded too much like I was joking when I was telling you to ask about this shit. I knew I sounded too much like I was joking, but I'm dead serious. Nothing drives me fucking more bananas. I don't care that we don't have Australian operators. I care that they don't understand that Australia's a fucking continent. God damn it. Yeah. Fuck. Um, I also asked him about like uh, core gameplay changes because we haven't really seen a lot. Yep. Um, since the game's been released, what they sort of do is, or we haven't seen a lot recently. What they sort of done is like, hey, here's new uh, gadgets. Like um, claymores were introduced, which are which are pretty big in the game. Uh, impact grenades or something that would change would change, but we don't really see like gameplay stuff sort of added in there. It's sort of new abilities or gadgets. Yeah. Um, he he did say they are looking or, or working on stuff, new mechanics. He wouldn't tell me what, so. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see sort of how that comes about and what they're plan planning to do. Um, and then I talked to him about things like uh, the Hereford base and, and how that's been reworked and, you know, those technology restraints that were sort of plaguing them for a while with data limits. That's the thing they seem to fix all that sort of stuff now, so that's good. Um, patch Patches, I said, you guys do awesome patches. You're the best. Um, so I think the patches are really good. Yeah. Just see yeah, a bunch of different things. So I spoke to him. I spoke to the brand director um, for the game as well, who has worked on a bunch of a bunch of different properties, things like Splinter Cell. Yeah. Um, I think he worked on uh, what was that on the Fall Runner? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I sort of spoke to him about how because um, I know Fall Runner is is something that Ubisoft is still trying to to get going with launching dedicated servers and and how they've sort of spoken to. You know, the two, have the two teams sort of collaborated on how to fix this sort of stuff because you know Siege had a pretty bad or rocky start when it first came out. Um, I spoke spoke to their esports director, um, which is really cool, and then I spoke to yeah the the, the gameplay lead gameplay designer, which um, right. yeah that was more like hey nitty gritty detailed stuff about um, you know <laughs> he, he talked about how the I where sort of Finker and Lion started and, and how how they sort of are in the game now, like their transition or, or evolution. Um, and I think he talked about how like one of them came about by one of the old operators they were playing with, like Cav or something like that. Um, mm. And like some sort of bug or something. Yeah, I'd have to... Again, like I did like six or seven interviews and it's all a giant mess in my head at the moment. I've got to go through and transcribe them all. But yeah, man, really good really good access like some trips you'll go to a you'll go to a speak to a someone and they're like hey here's um the art director or something and there's nothing wrong with that but when you're um when you're sort of more focused you want to get get to some of the more 
gameplay stuff than um, or, or sometimes not even an art trade it's just an art guy or something you're like oh man I wish I, I've like I've flown yeah <laughs> 30 hours can I can I speak to the, the lead like the dude that's at the top um, yep. so yeah man they gave us awesome access some four really cool people to speak to um, plus fucking team um, the, the Australian team uh, Mind Freak and then also the team who won the competition which is which yep. is really cool so um, that's awesome um, and then lastly more content Woof. Uh, Outbreak a timed event that is coming out next month um, why is it timed that's what I don't get it shouldn't question. be fucking timed man like yep. what, what are they what, what do they get out of it being timed I don't know I'll let you talk about it first. I'll, yeah. I'll stop interrupting. Oh, that's fine. Um, so Outbreak is a three-player co-op experience where, uh, what is it? The the story is that like a parasitic alien has landed on Earth um, or, or it's landed in like a satellite or some sort of Russian probe. It's, it's fallen to Earth. People start getting infected and it basically turns into them to be like uh, alien zombies, something like that. Um it's pretty much Left 4 Dead meets Rainbow Six. Um, there are like five types of aliens. Um, there's a Grunt, uh, a Ruder, a uh, an Apex. Um, there is like a giant uh, a, a tank type alien. So like the Grunts are sort of your um, just sort of like, hey, we'll hit you with melee attacks, and they're pretty easy to deal with. But when there's a lot of them around, they can be quite quite um, damaging to you um there's a ruta who is able to teleport around the map and um or around your area and sort of has this aoe ability that puts a, a circle on the ground and if you're in that circle when it triggers it starts um it traps you and starts giving you a bit of damage so that combined with some of the other um aliens can be a bit of a problem and there is also uh what else was there the apex so apex is kind of like this floating fucking alien thing that is very sort of stand back like standoffish it 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 spits like this gooey shit at your face and sort of obstructs your vision um Mm. but also spawns in other types of enemies like bigger powerful stuff so it's not really like a front line attacking operator it sort of sits back and it sort of buffs everything else and it's just a giant nuisance um there are these like exploding aliens um Mm. which have like these glowing bits on their backs and when you shoot them they blow up or they're able to take out some of your defensive um like uh your your walls that have been fortified Mm. um so they can sort of make bigger holes in areas and and allow other things to get in and yeah and then there's like this giant uh tank thing which is looks like a tank from left for dead it just sort of stomps around and, and knocks you over, uh, charges at you. And then it's it's got some weak points on it, um, which allows you to take it down and whatnot. But yeah, so there's like five or... There's about five different uh, enemies in the game. Um, and there are three maps. Each map has its sort of own little like story thing going on. Um, the maps are split up into two. So there's two sections to them. Mm. And uh, you sort of land in an app and off you go you start just shredding hordes of enemies you, you work your way through them you have to complete objectives um the objectives are not always the same they can move around the map um it might be like hey go find two of these canisters 
and you'll go looking for them and the game you played the one before it was somewhere else so this time it's it's in a different part of the map um or you'll jump into like a hey protect this uh this doctor and it might throw different enemies at you this time compared to what you saw the last time maybe you'll get an apex instead of um you know one of the big tank dudes so uh yeah it's it's sort of got this like dynamic thing that's happening uh in the game which is really cool it means there's a bit more replayability there yeah and um and there are a lot of things you can kill like i think the first game we played we ended up with four four five hundred kills between the three of us um so there, there is a lot a lot going on um but yeah just like the combination of things like the breaches and the apex the grunts like individually they can be quite easy to do it but when they start throwing them like with each other pairing them up that's when things can get a bit more hectic uh and there's a bunch of different operators that you can use in the game so there's a small pool and each one uh sort of some of them have like different like uh they're a little bit different to the, the way they work in the game um but yeah they're sort of sort of built for this mode so tachanka is one that is um quite good because you can sort of just set him up in a corner and then just let him rip on all these alien things and and um get quite a lot of kills um so yeah there's, there's some some cool things going on there man it's it's a lot of fun there's yeah. there's a lot of work that's got into it like way too much work again they like they've got three maps each map has two sections so it's basically sort of like six maps um yep. there's five enemies they've got their own animations or this whole thing seems like a lot of new art has gone into it um <laughs> yeah. there are like cg story like cg um uh story bits going on there's there's videos that are happening there's like ai stuff with the way they behave and walk around and the way they work with each other um there's so much shit going on here and i i with i am with you i do not understand why this is a four week event and i do not believe them at all one one single thing um maybe maybe it is ruse maybe it's like a you loved it so much we're gonna leave it going and they get the second hit or something the second hit of news or some shit yeah. you know because there's two ways this goes right yeah there's one way is they do that they go everybody gets an outbreak for the rest of the lights and the second way is they remove it and everybody that the people that do like it now don't have it and they can't play it and they get us up so you really yeah. all you're doing is upsetting people um, <laughs> yeah so yeah, I asked I asked the dude about that. I was like, "Hey, this seems there's a lot going on here. Like, you guys have spent there's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, is this really a two four week event?" And he was like, "Look, this is a gift for the fans. Um, I don't want it to be a distraction from the main game. Like, I want this to be like a a thing that kind of hey, here's here's some fun for you guys, and then and then uh, and then yeah, they can play it and have fun. But after that." they just don't want it to be something they have to keep going back to and working on right um but yeah i I don't know man i don't i don't i don't buy it i feel like this could be a mode they could have on the side on on the side of terrorist hunts terrorist hunt is is this thing where you go up against ai uh, opponents and there's different modes in there like i can see that being hey we're gonna play rainbow waiting for one person let's let's have a quick game to warm up or something like that yeah yeah um yeah man i just there seems like there's way too much effort going into this for it to be a four-week event yeah so 
Um, it sounds awesome, though. It's really um, fucking fun, man. Oh, there's two game modes. There's like um, normal and then pandemic. Pandemic's mm. the one that's got like uh, friendly fire. Oh right. They spawn in um, like uh, uh, different enemy types. A bit more like they work together. Um, yeah, that seems like a bit more, bit more tough. A bit. It's fun. Like for a free, de- like event or DLC that will give you a couple of hours worth of gameplay. Um, like each map probably take you about 45 minutes maybe 40 minutes um, awesome. and then you can cool. replay that yep. because it, it changes it up um, you could replay it again because there's more difficulty like there's a lot there seems like there's a lot here um, I don't want want to hype it up in terms of like oh shit it's like it's, like, it's not a fully fledged new game like um, but there it just seems like there's a lot of work going into it for it to to be a, a hey you can play this for a month so, yeah uh, but I think we'll have like our group that plays Rainbow, we'll have a lot of fun with it. There's there's some really cool stuff going on here. Awesome. Um, I think everyone will enjoy it. A lot of shooting things and blowing things up. Yeah, boy. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Did, did you watch oh, any of the gameplay at all? No. I want to go in as fresh, fresh as fuck. Because yeah. uh, Nate and you were messaging and you're like, uh, this is going to scare the shit out of you. I'm like, oh. Oh. Yeah, the first time that we came across the teleporting one, I yeah. fucking screamed because... I did, I did not, like, they didn't tell us what was happening when we were going in. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I lost my shit because this thing just fucking appeared in front of me. And I, like, legit freaked out. Um, and then the dude looked at me and he was like, that's what I want to happen. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. A lot of fun, man. I um, I dig it a lot. And, like, that's, that's pretty much um, everything they showed us. There's a lot going on, man. Like, Ubisoft is spending a lot of time and money on this game and it's cool to see them um support it for so long uh i think it's i personally think it's one of the best games they've done in a long time like you don't see this type of commitment with a lot of their other games that they've put out in the last couple of years things like the division um for honors not at that stage like it seems like they've they've got this thing with with rainbow six siege that is really paying off for them they're making uh, you know, 27 million sales. I- I'm pretty sure they're going to hit 30 um, soon, really soon. Because <laughs> yeah. I saw people in my Twitter feed when the uh, the invitation was on talking about like, hey, this looks awesome. Um, I saw people that had, had started playing it and I'm like, holy shit, I didn't realize that this game was like this. Yeah. Um, so I think it's it's gotten a lot of new fans. Um and like I'm a I'm an old school Counter Strike from back in the day, um, and I, I I do honestly think that this is a better multiplayer experience. There's a lot more going on tactically. Um, I think we've we've talked about it before. Like you know, it's it's sort of the next evolution of Counter Strike. I feel like, and they uh, they've done a really good job of of keeping um, keeping it updated and keeping it fresh. And and uh, yeah, man, it's a lot of fun. It's good stuff. Sweet. A lot there. Hour and a half. Holy shit. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, but did you enjoy the, the stuff you watched and saw? Yeah, man. It was awesome. It was really good. Like, just getting really back into watching Rainbow. Definitely keen to play some more um, now that you guys are back. Yeah. we got. Uh, I got back and the first game I played was Rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I, I've, played, I've played one game of PUBG since I yep. got back and the rest of it's been Rainbow. <laughs> uh 
crazy. Oh, I'm fucking, yeah. Did you yeah, enjoy all the shit that Nate and I were giving you for not being there? Mate, just didn't even matter. <laughs> didn't even matter. Because uh, I don't even remember what I did. Nothing of any consequence. It was good. Um, but I wasn't on a plane for 60 hours. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, untouchable, really. Untouchable. I, um, I didn't play any games on the plane. I got stuck into Fargo. Have you seen Fargo? Uh, I watched like one episode and it was, uh, it was too jarring seeing fucking the dude from the office doing that so, voice. Uh, the dude from Sherlock. Oh, we've seen the office. The UK office. Yeah. Really? The real office. Yeah. Martin Freeman. It was fucking, it was the gym. Wow. I did not. I, he is like, don't recall fu- that. He's the main guy after Ricky Gervais. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So Martin Freeman's in it. It's fucking really good. I was hooked. I watched 10 episodes. I basically watched the entire season on the plane. Yeah. Nice. Um, it's got like Billy Bob Thornton in it and he's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I, I literally got off the plane and downloaded season two. Um, nice. and then watched season two on the way back, which was, um, still good, but yeah. that's the first season is pretty hard to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got like Ted Danson in it and Patrick Ted Danson Patrick yeah. Wilson he's a guy yeah yeah. I was trying to tell Nate who was in it I was like Patrick Bateman oh boy <laughs> yeah um, yeah man that, that, that show is really really good so now I've got to watch the third season um, I'm going to catch up on that now anyway so yeah I didn't play I did not play any games I had like Mario yeah. uh, Mario and Rabbids on my Switch ready to go um, right. I had Mario Odyssey ready to go, and I was just like, "Not, nah, we're watching this because this is really good." So nice, yeah, cool. Anyway, oh, Montreal has some really shit roads over there, like the worst that I've ever seen. Really, it is horrible because oh. well, what's going on is it's because it's so fucking cold and rainy and shit. There's just holes everywhere, and not right. like right. not like yeah. small holes either. Like it looks like somebody's like dropped a small bomb in the middle of the road and now there's just a giant ditch yeah okay no. damn like big big ass potholes huh oh yeah worse than Sydney roads huh and nobody drives straight over there because they're all trying to avoid holes so it's like uh, well, now we're in the middle <laughs> anyway mm-hmm. yeah it was good fun we had, we had we had a lot of fun and and uh yep believe it or not. I think you had fun right you got you got a couple games here that you've been playing uh, yeah, I, I, I've been playing some games. Play some, um, play some PUBG as already mentioned. Uh, trying to adjust to a new mouse sensitivity, yep. uh, and that was rough. But uh, actually, like, yeah, I had a couple of games where I was just going fucking ham in solos, uh, like just hot dropping. Because you had mouse sensitivity, you could just headshots all all around. Uh, absolutely not, <laughs> absolutely not. But um, is it yeah. is it because you're in a video? Um, that's it. We're we're in a video. We're we're in a frag reel now, so don't worry about it. Um, no, just in general, just having fun. Um, no, I've been I, I was I've been looking for something else to play, uh, and because uh, you know you guys are away, and uh, yeah, needed to do something. Actually, I played some more Heat Signature. They had a uh, a Valentine's Day event, right? Because uh, they constantly do these events where you get these new weapons and stuff, uh, and the weapons are available like pretty commonly if you play during the event, and then they become super rare, like ultra rare uh, items that you can find in the world after the event. 
So if you want, if you really want the weapon, uh, you got to find it during during the event, pretty much. But uh, yeah, two two weapons, and uh, I got them both, which is pretty cool. Yeah. It's like just a cool way to incentivize you to get back into the game, whatever. Um, I like to have a, a look at the game again every now and then. Uh, they do a really good job with it. Um, yeah, so Heat Sickness is still cool if you're looking for a game. But uh, no, I know I jumped into Dungreed. Uh, which came up was suggested to me on Steam because I like Rogue yes. Legacy and Dead Cells, and I'm like, whoa, 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 you speak my language, motherfuckers. I feel like I got offered this same deal. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, it's uh, it's a roguelike, so you go into a dungeon and you go as far as you can each time, and uh, yeah, it's made by this Korean company, uh, and it's just like a cool little fucking game that um. Like, yeah, it's, it's just like you're trying to build up this town. So basically this dungeon appears in this town, sucks all of the town into the dungeon, and you have to go down into said dungeon and rescue all the townspeople, send them back up to the town. And as you rescue them and send them back to the town, that unlocks new shit. You know, you find a blacksmith, and now suddenly you can get a weapon, a different weapon uh, when you start. Or if you find the shopkeeper, you can buy something before you go in and that all that kind of stuff and so the further you go in the the more the game sort of builds itself out which is you know classic you know these dungeon crawling roguelikes it's sort of a classic for them every time you die you lose most of your shit like you lose all your items and a lot of your gold but uh yeah you get to try again and uh you make it further you know you learn more and more each time and um you make it further and yeah, inevitably just, like you feel like you're getting to be really good at it. I didn't realize like I, the first person I rescued was a trainer, uh, but I had to stop playing almost as soon as I got back. And so I, it didn't tell me like it didn't really detail what the trainer did and I'd already um, quit out. And so I jumped back in the next time and uh, got in went straight back to playing again. So I must have gone through, I rescued the blacksmith and the shopkeep before I even realized that I should, I like talk to the blacksmith, talk to the shopkeep. I'm like, oh, I, I rescued someone else. Didn't I I'll go and talk to that person? And like, oh, you can level up um, like your character. Uh, I hadn't done it uh, in 17 levels. And so I'm like playing the game and I'm like, fuck, how do you get more health? Like, surely at some point you should be able to get more health, right? Because this is fucking crazy. I feel like I've just got dick all health at all times. I open up this cursed chest and it, like, halved my health. And I'm like, that seems fucking unfair. I'm, like, now two hits away from being dead the whole fucking time. And, uh, yeah, I, I, like, I dive into it and, uh, yeah, get to this trainer and they're like... Oh yeah, upgrade whatever you want. And I'm like, oh my god, I've been like, I've, I'd, I'd actually made it. I'd made it up to the second boss at this stage without having leveled up at all. I'd like gotten to the point where like I killed the first boss without a fucking issue. Like it's just nothing. I just pound through that motherfucker. I get up to the second boss. I'm like, there's just like because the bosses, like the regular enemies, are pretty simplistic to be honest. Like the like, it can be difficult. Like, some hit really hard, especially when you've got, like, fuck all health. Um, but the bosses turn into this, like, 
sort of bullet hell type situation where they're just spraying shit out constantly and you've got to work out how to deflect that shit like however you can like you can get items throughout the level uh, levels that can sort of deflect it or some of the some of the attacks you can just sort of hit away with your uh with your regular weapon but you've got to work out what that shit is which is part of the learning experience uh but in in like in general uh like the second boss it feels like the best way to go about beating him is to just eat a bit of shit and getting close and uh yeah when you've got fuck all health it's like uh, i don't have enough health to get through this shit i don't know what i'm supposed to do and then i upgrade my health and my right this seems yep i should have been doing this for the whole fucking time i'm a huge idiot um yeah anyway um it's good fun though so yeah you just keep like it's got good music uh like just keep listening to the music as you're going through and yeah like smashing through like as much of the can uh, of the level as you can learning more the whole time it's just like it's not as good as rogue legacy uh and it's not as good as uh dead cells right like to me dead cells is I think it's the pinnacle of the fucking genre, to be honest. Like, Rogue Legacy was awesome, but uh, it never really uh, got to how good I think Dead Cells is. Uh, But it is, I'd say it's, like, really good if you're after something that is similar to that stuff, uh, but uh, also, um, like, different. Like, you're after a change in pace. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like it's uh, yeah, it's it's good fun. Oh yeah, I should fucking add, play it with fucking mouse and keyboard. Holy fuck! Do not play it with a controller. It has the dumbest fucking control scheme, and there's no option to change any of the buttons, as far as I can tell. Hmm. So you fucking, I think attack like jump is left button, like LB. Yeah, jump is LB. Uh, attack is RB. Dash is RT. Uh, and like, yeah, none of the face buttons do anything except for pick shit up. And it's like, (laughs) why are you doing this? Why are you like this? Meanwhile, on mouse and keyboard, just, yeah, fucking aim. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right thumbstick is to aim your like ranged weapons and shit. And you're like, uh, (laughs) why, why is it like this? Um, yeah. Anyway. Play with the mouse and keyboard, but yeah, if you do, actually, they, I think that that's what they need to do is fix the fucking control scheme on controller. So I reckon it'd be pretty good on controller, regardless. Hmm. Um, but I, I can't like I reckon it could slot into the plane plane game scheme if uh, if it had a good controller layout, but it doesn't right. at the moment. Yeah, they need to get on that shit. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's done. Greed. It's good fun. Cool. It is good fun. I um, I, I've been playing a bit of Dark Souls Three. Oh yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen yeah complaints. Um, about last you playing. last week, last week, week before maybe, uh, Monkey Magic said that um, Humble Bundle had a, a Dark Souls Three subscription thing going on. Um, so I signed up for that, and it was twelve bucks, and I got Dark Souls Three and one of the DLCs, which I've just realised I need to buy the other one. Um. So I'm playing through that at the moment to try and get to the DLC and and see what that's all about. So that's um I think a couple 
months ago I talked about how I was playing Dark Souls 1, the original, and then I stopped. Um, Dark Souls 3 is definitely still harder. <laughs> like, you yep. can, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's way fucking harder. Like, I've died so many times in this game just from, just from shit killing me. Really? Um, just, yeah, I, I don't feel like I died this much in the original, in Dark Souls 1 when I played it a couple weeks back. It just seemed a yeah. lot easier. So, yeah, man, I'm still, that game's fucking awesome. So good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just need to try and figure out where the, these DLC is at, where the bonus areas are. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's good. Anyway, I just want to You're going to get fucking owned in the fucking DLC. You're right. going to get fucking wrecked. You have to be, um, already finished it. Because huh? I've literally started a new game. No, I don't think you do. I do. If I recall correctly, you want to be fucking powerful, though. All right. Because I've got one character that is like 56 hours in, and I've got one that's like 15, and then this new one I've started is like six, five, six hours. So. Hmm. Anyway, should be interesting. We'll see what happens with that one. But yeah, I'm getting a lot of complaints. People, hey, come carry me to chicken. I, I carried yeah. some chicken last night. I played one game. And, yeah. Um, no, two games I played last night. One of them oh, was yeah. fucking broken. Oh. They had this weird... They updated the game last night and it broke... It broke the game. <laughs> how, how to break? Um, it was stuttering when you were playing, like, really oh. bad. Like, it seemed like you were getting eight frames per second, um, but it was still saying it was running at 70, 80, and our entire team was having this happen. Uh, it was just super framey and stuttery, and um, it turned out it had something to do with the death death cam replay system so once you disable that it fixed it up but you had to you can only do that outside the main menu um so you need to leave the game and disable it and you can only do that once you're down dead because right we tried the re like one of the guys that had died already tried to reconnect and it wouldn't let him so i think we came we came top 10 in that game but it was my my eyes were burning by the end of it yeah and then we played the next game and i don't want us a chicken of course. Um, but they fix that problem. Anyway, yeah, a lot of complaints. Mm-hmm. So, what else have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing Abandoned Ship. Yes. This is coming up on my feed, and I'm like, this looks sick, this game. It is sick, and you should play it. Uh, it's fucking, it's faster than the lights. It's FTL. You remember FTL? Yep. Uh, that space game, that space uh, roguelike. Uh, it's that, but on a fucking pirate ship basically uh so it's it's a little bit different it's not that sort of it's not the same like aesthetic uh you can like you move around a bit different and uh like uh yeah it's it's not like the room based stuff or anything like that uh but it is this like you like that uh in depth sort of you play uh like real close in when you're actually in battles and then the rest of it you sort of take a much like broader um view of, of the game and when you're in the battles you are individually like manually controlling like your each of your fucking ship uh mates to do certain things and they've all got different like abilities and so that sort of determines how well they do at um at well all those things um so you've got like guys who are good at reloading guns or guys who are good at like fighting hand-to-hand combat or healing or not like driving the ship and shit like that and so you want to have your guys doing what they're best at um 
at, at any one moment, but you also got to like manage like you've got holes in your ship that need patching up. So someone's got to be fucking on that. And uh, if you don't have someone at the wheel, then you aren't able to like change uh, range on, on the ships and stuff. So you've got to have someone managing that shit. And so you like, you've got these four dudes and uh, yeah, they're trying to like, you're trying to get them to fucking do everything they can, you know, fire. You want as many people firing cannons as you can. You need someone firing the grape, uh, the chain shot so that you can slow them so you can get in close so you can board them and or, or like, or you need the chain shot so that you can get away from them because they've got some powerful fucking melee fighters and shit. And you don't want, you don't want to fucking deal with that stuff. And so you're managing all this kind of shit on a like moment to moment basis. Uh, you can pause and issue commands and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, like if like assuming you win, um, you then you roll on next to the next uh, like encounter, I guess. But when you're out on the the wider map, uh, encounters are sort of just these like icons on on this map, and you sort of drive around un- unveiling this entire map mm. as you do as you go rather and you got to do a certain amount of like encounters to get through to the next area so that's how they incentivize you to actually take fights and shit uh you don't necessarily have to like if you go to an icon uh it'll give it'll usually give you an option it'll be like uh that looks like uh cultist flag on the horizon uh what do you want to do you can go in for the attack or you can run away or try to run away. And uh, sometimes it'll work, sometimes it won't. Um, and, yeah, if you run away, it still counts as having had a successful encounter. Um, so, yeah, you don't necessarily have to take battles all the time, but it does, it, it's sort of just like it really it feels so much more imposing when you wind up in a situation where you have to take a battle and you desperately didn't want to, you know, like, uh, you can only fix your fucking ship up when you get to port. So if you take a couple of battles in a row or you take an extended long-term battle and eat a lot of shit and you know, you can't get back to port, like you've got to actually get to the next thing uh you, you gotta get through the next area before you can go to port then um yeah it sort of feels like your options are super limited and you'll go into this encounter to unlock the gate to go to the next area and then it'll be like they catch you as you try to leave and you're like oh fuck this one's gonna be rough and you barely scape, scrape through the battle and uh yeah it feels like fucking tense as balls and that doesn't even fucking count account for the parts where it's like super like FTL. Remember in FTL, you'd start and you were being chased by the like the big bad. You are being chased in this as well, and it is scary as fuck because uh, it turns out that you are a um, you are a member of a cult that worships a uh, a long, long forgotten uh, god of the sea. And that's God of the Sea is the motherfucking Kraken. And uh, if the Kraken catches you, you have to fight the fucking Kraken. And you can't beat the Kraken. The end game, like, goal is to beat the fucking Kraken. Mm. Uh, And, yeah, you're not equipped until fucking ages into the game. Uh, And, like, I've never felt 
properly equipped to take on the Kraken. So it's basically, instead, you're just trying to fucking run from the Kraken. Um, and so every time they catch you, yeah, you have to take on the fucking Kraken. Uh, there's these other dudes that, like, sometimes show up and fuck you up. They're rough to... They're rough customers. Um, they're like squid dudes. And it's got this Cthulian fucking vibe to it, like the Elder Gods sort of shit. And you're like, well, looks like I got to fight a fucking bunch of these squid dudes or whatever the fuck. Um, and yeah, it's it's rough, man. Um, those like squid dudes fuck you up. They That's how I died my first game, was to squid dudes. They, um, instead of having like to board your ship, they don't, they don't need to do anything... Uh, they don't need to get the ship close. They just fucking jump off the side and fucking power over to you. And uh, you can usually take on one of them as long as you assign multiple people to that one guy. But, uh, yeah, I fucked up and six of them came onto my ship. And I only have five dudes on my ship. So, yep, <clears throat> we were done. We couldn't outnumber them. Uh, so we died. That was, that was a bummer. Um is, is the so you you lose your ship and you have to start again like uh, uh that like that is inevitably what will happen but uh in that circumstance i was shipwrecked and uh managed to get on another ship just before i died um but i was alone on that ship and uh i didn't have many options anyway i like i was single single-handedly manning the ship and I was pretty fucked. So, yeah. Um, you can get away with it. Like, if I'd been able to get to another port, I could have hired more people, and then I'd be able to actually fucking do anything. But uh, as a single person on a ship, you're pretty fucked. Because um, you can't, like, you can't drive the ship and fire the cannons and fight off-borders all at once. Um, and yeah, I couldn't go to port cause it had been overwhelmed by the cultists. I'd sort of just played myself into a corner and that, 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 that's the, that's the learning experience that you want out of a roguelike, right? Like that fucking, well, that like, that was all of that was my mistake, right? Like all of that occurred thanks to my mistakes. Uh, it was on a, like the ship I was on was a pretty heavy duty downgrade from my old ship as well, which Oh, got it. Um, I had such a good ship. I was so happy with that ship. But, uh, yeah. Oh. Anyway. Um, yeah. You just, like, you go in. You start again. You try again. Uh, it tells you, you you'll be a footnote in their Bible. And uh, it moves on. So, do you... Is there anything that carries over? Uh, no. Right. Yep. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that knowledge. Um, yeah, and you don't need it, really. Uh, I, don't, I don't think, yeah, like, it, it is just knowledge that you need. Um, it'd be, I guess, nice to get some money, but uh, some more money because you feel super poor and it's hard. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's about it. It's good fun. It's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely worth checking out, I think. Because, uh, yeah, well, I I had some Steam money because I'd... Um, Sold some stuff. I uh, refunded another game. I bought a game and then I refunded it. Oh. Yeah. Um, should we talk about that game? Metal Gear, Metal Gear Survive 
is a giant piece of shit. It is awful. Wait, you refunded it? Is it? I didn't think it was out yet. Yeah, it came out yesterday. Oh, wow. I thought it was out today. No, it came out yesterday. I played it and I refunded it uh, after four hours. Right. Uh, and in the note, it said, uh, you know, uh, Steam doesn't usually allow refunds for uh, playtime of this amount. Hmm. And I wrote in a note, I said, uh, the first hour and a half of this game is watching fucking cutscenes. So, uh, yeah, I think they did this on, on purpose to scam me. Uh, and they, they accepted it. So, pretty good. I guess it helped that I was refunding it the same day that it came out. But, um, yeah, so Metal Gear Survive, you, like, it is, like, it's not an hour and a half. I was exaggerating a little. But uh, you spend a lot of time watching lengthy cutscenes that are all nonsense, which I guess is a Metal Gear trope. Uh, but, yeah, this this shit leads to nothing. Uh, you basically, you're a dude, you're on Mother Base, and you go through a wormhole. You land in this other place that's full of, like, zombies, and that's it. I'm not going into any more details. Um, you've got to manage your your health. Uh, you've got to manage your food and water, and uh, and occasionally you've got to manage your oxygen. And it is a giant waste of fucking time. Uh, it is like some of the laziest fucking survival shit I've ever seen. You go around and you like it gets you to start off by hunting some sheep. Um, it's not hard. The sheep are always there. They respawn every time you uh, leave the area and come back again. So that's that's that. You know, hunt some sheep, whatever. Uh, you make a fucking spear. Um, the spear, like your attack, is you do a stab stab combo every single time. Yep. Um, so hunting sheep is basically a case of running uh, up to like halfway and predicting where they're going to run they'll always run away from you so you predict where they're going to run and you stab there and you get them and that stuns them so you can actually kill them um it's way more annoying sheep are far harder to kill than the main enemy of the game which are wanderer enemies uh wanderer zombies uh, wanderer zombies are simple to kill uh in general all you need to do is build a chain link fence and then you stand behind the fence it doesn't need to be attached to anything you don't need to create like a fenced off area you just put a fence in front of yourself and they will walk straight towards you they won't try to go around the fence it doesn't matter if there's like it's literally just one fence in the middle of nowhere you just fucking put a fence up and uh, they'll walk it into the fence and then you stab them through the fence and they can't do anything about it you do this literally like on end like just for minutes at a time you just stab through this fence uh and the challenge the game comes into the fact that you don't actually get the ability to make purified water until i'd say i was about like three and a half hours in um yeah three and a half hours in when you get this pot and you can boil water suddenly and before then you have to drink dirty water and dirty water 100 percent of the time makes you sick and when you're sick you vomit uh, intermittently, like at random intervals, and when you vomit, you are unable to attack or do anything, move, anything like that. So the zombies, uh, I'm calling them zombies, fuck it. Uh, the zombies standing at the fence uh, get an opportunity to actually get through the fence instead of just being stabbed in the face 
during those moments. And if they get through the fence, then they can attack you. And because uh, the way they attack, because uh, the way you move, because uh, you're sort of locked in, because the way the melee, melee works, like you sort of have to ready your weapon. You so stab with spear, your RMB, and then your LMB. Because of the way that works, um, basically they get away. Like they'll they'll be able to actually get hits on you a lot of the time uh, if they get through the fence. The only time you die is literally when you vomit, and that allows the zombies to break down the fucking fence, and then suddenly you have like they'll get hits on you because yeah, you can't actually dodge or anything out of the way while you're RMB. LMB. When you're RMB, you're like in this ready stabbing stance. And so you can't really get out of the way very easily. Uh, and the other thing is, yeah, because it's a two-hit combo, uh, if you don't kill them in that two hits, they will then hit you. Um, and it doesn't, like, there is aiming a little bit. If you hit them in the crystal, it seems to do a bit more damage. But uh, there's still many cases where you don't actually get the kill on them until, like, the third hit. And so, uh, yeah, that's the only way you really die. Uh, and the trick to not letting that happen is to very quickly build another fence for them to climb over or, like, take time bashing through. And once you build that next fence, then you stab them in the face again until, like, forever. I don't know. You just stand there. You literally just stand behind a fence stabbing a fucking spear through it until they're all dead. Uh, and then uh, after that... Uh, once that's done, uh, the main method for leveling up is, uh, through these Kuban points or whatever the fuck you get Kuban points by, uh, harvesting dead zombies. And so, uh, you have to harvest all these zombies you just killed. So it might be like, I think I killed like 80 zombies at one point and it takes like three seconds of pressing R on each body. So then you literally spend what? What's what's three times eighty? Two hundred and two hundred forty? Sure. Is it? Let's go with that. Yeah, two hundred forty. Two hundred forty seconds. You spend two hundred forty fucking seconds. Is that divisible? Is that four minutes? Yeah, that's four minutes. You spend four minutes just standing there pressing R nonstop. R hold R for three seconds. R R. That's it for four minutes. And um, once you've done that, you've harvested all your whatevers and you move on to doing the next thing. So you go fucking whatever your mission is, hunt some wolves or go find a memory ward or unlock this portal station or whatever the fuck. And that's that's the game. And when you like when you go to level up because you've got all these Cuban points, uh, you go to level up. And, uh, yeah, you realize that your choices, like all the choices you have are designed to make life a little less unbearable. It's not like you, you don't build towards being good. You build to being less shit because as it starts out, you've got fuck all health and fuck all like water and food and you're incapable of doing very much of anything. Uh, but yeah, you get the, you get the option. You can either, you can run a little bit faster as it, like when you start, you run for about fucking like 40 seconds at full, at max stamina, you run for about 40 seconds and then you start running really slowly. And, uh, and yeah, uh, if you want to stop, if you press shift, he auto starts running and if you want to stop you have to press shift again and he will stop in place 
So you can't like sprint and like like naturally go into an animation where he's no longer sprinting. It has to do this like jutted fucking stuttering fucking stop start bullshit. It's like just terrible animation shit. But anyway, so you can run a little bit faster and you actually that's pretty good. It's a pretty good fucking upgrade because you move everywhere so slow and you spend a lot of the game just running for hundreds of meters in a completely empty environment. Like, just running from place to place for whatever reason. Uh, And then you build a fence and then you just stab through it endlessly for, you know, however long. So your choices are maybe I can run 1% faster or maybe I could do three attacks with my spear. I could have a combo that does three instead of just two. So um, on that third one, I'll definitely kill whatever zombie I've, I've come across. So that's a, that's a good one. Um, but yeah, it's it's mostly just like all of these options are just about you being slightly less shit and you have to spend so much just to get a single point perk type thing uh, that it makes it feel like that four minutes was worth, I think, like, three perks, three, like, upgrades. I spent four minutes harvesting shit. That didn't even count the fucking five minutes I spent stabbing through a fucking chain link fence to, like, get all those bodies. I then had to harvest them. So it was, like, ten minutes just mindlessly doing this shit. And it's – there's no fucking effort. There's no effort – on anyone's part like there's no effort on the fucking developer's part to make this even remotely engaging there's no effort on your part to do anything because you just stand behind a fucking fence the whole time the the other big challenge is like you the, the dude you're playing as has to he's got like worms or something i don't know what it is he's got like some sort of wasting disease where he needs to eat and drink like every fucking every 10 minutes or he will literally die like and we're not talking like a little bit. Like if you go hunt those sheep, uh, you gotta you gotta eat three sheep's worth of fucking food every ten minutes, basically. Uh, otherwise, yeah, you're you're fucked. You'll die. Uh, and you gotta drink three bottles of dirty water and live with the fact that you're now gonna vomit for the rest of your life. Uh, because otherwise, yeah, you just waste away. You just like you got no chance. It's ridiculous and it feels it just feels shit like the it's so bad it is like aggressively awful i can't believe people are actually about this shit because there's good fucking like survival games out there go play fucking subnautica if you want to see a fucking survival game that actually respects your time and respects you as a fucking player like good god this one is just designed to waste as much time as possible uh and and like trick you into thinking you're actually enjoying it it's so fucking bad do not buy it it's 40 bucks as well which is crazy they're fucking having a laugh yeah anyway and it's got like base building shit in all right like it does yes and you haven't played any multiplayer though so you don't know how that fits into it uh, I haven't played any multiplayer. Nobody on you had it, and uh, I had I'd unlocked it, but yeah, I didn't have anyone to play with, so I didn't give a fuck. I yeah. was done because I thought it was out today. Because when I looked at the page, it said you can unlock this in like thirty eight hours or something. When I looked at it, no, uh, yeah, no, it's out, it's out now. Um, 
Well, fair enough. Yeah. Don't think I'll be playing it. Don't play it. Nobody play it. Nobody give them money. Uh, it doesn't even, like... It's, this isn't even about the fucking... The Kojima thing. Like, Konami's obviously... Dog cunts for doing what they did to Kojima and for trying to ruin his legacy by cashing in on Metal Gear as hard as possible. But that doesn't even affect how I feel about this game. It is literally just shit. Everything that, like, everything, the Metal Gear legacy of it is actually pretty good. Like, uh, the Fox engine's fucking awesome. It runs really well, but, like, everything else is fucking. It's just a shameless fucking. It's like fucking the. The Battle Royale pivot, except unlike Fortnite, this one took fucking way too long to do and turned out to be not very good at all. Um, yeah, it's awful. Fuck it. Fuck Metal Gear Five. Fuck them for doing it. Right on. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. Should we just muse then? Uh, What's anything else you got? Nah, that's it. Let's do it. Let's do news. I'm fucking starving, eh? Yeah. Um, news. PUBG. Uh, PUBG news. Uh, there was an update that went out uh, yesterday. Something like that. Um, they talked about uh, they're going to do a roadmap like for the first half of this year just to sort of showcase what um, what's coming out because at the moment we don't really know what's coming out and some of the updates that they put out have been quite um, lackluster. Yep. Um, so that'll be they'll be revealing that next next month so in March and they're going to be putting up a new map so they'll be revealing that as well um snow map is that what you're thinking is that that's what I'm hoping going? that's what I'm hoping yeah better be a fucking snow map um I think that's like I think a lot of people want a snow map right yeah and yeah they'd be pretty awesome um they need to do something. They need to get people back on board with this idea that it is a game that has a plan. Because since 1.0, I think a lot of people have gotten into this mindset that it doesn't have a plan, you know? And I think that's fair, to be honest. Because I, I feel like they don't have much of a plan. Well, I don't know what it is. So I think the roadmap is a good idea to give people that confidence that, that it has one again, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I know... Since- well, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think since 1.0, they haven't really yet, as we said, done, like, some big updates. They've been focusing a lot on the, the cheating stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it'd be good to get an idea of, like, hey, what's what can we expect to see this year? Yeah, exactly. And, like, I know that cheating has sort of, like, fucked them a little bit, but also, like, the, the fact that, you know, they've been ramping up their... Um, the studio size and stuff like that, and that always takes time as well. But um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where you like it's it's less about actually like you don't need constant updates if you've like you don't need constant in-game updates if you've got good communication with with people. Like if you're letting them know how shit is is happen is like that shit is happening. You know, people just don't want to be left in the dark ultimately. And I think they were doing, they were leaving people in the dark a little bit, and so this is a good plan. It's a good plan, but yeah, they need to be quicker with the shit. They need to be better with it. Though, like, forget everything else. Hire a fucking PR agency, Jesus Christ, and like get someone in house to do like external communications. 
This is crazy. It's crazy that how long it's taken. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thirty million sales as well. That that triggered this week. Awesome. It's a lot. Um, yes. All right. Next up, uh, Overwatch League signs its first female player to the Shanghai Dragons. So that's a, uh, I think week one started yesterday. I don't know. I saw it on my Twitch Twitch um, feed. Right. On yesterday. Um, so that's cool. Um, the only thing is, though, is that Overwatch rosters have 12 players in them. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, there's might. a chance that she doesn't see any time anyway. There is a chance, yeah. Uh, but, like, she will get to... She'll be part of their, I guess, um, their practice squad. And, yep. like, you know, I'm sure they'll they'll rope her in. It seems like the, the few games I've watched in the first week... Uh, it seemed like a lot of people, like from the entire roster, were getting a chance to actually get some playtime. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, how is the Overwatch League going? Because I know it dropped off fucking super heavy from week one to week two. Like it was doing hundred eighty thousand views or some shit. Uh, they were they were touting. Um, yeah. In week well, one, and I, I am ninety percent certain it was down to like sixty five in week two, and it might be down even further now. Well, I think when I was looking at it yesterday, it had quite a lot. I think yeah. it was the first or second game on, yeah. on Twitch. So there was definitely people watching, but at, yeah, at the same time, it was it was the first uh, the first day or first week, whatever you want to call it. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, that's 150,000 people watching right now because it's on right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds I just, I don't know. I don't like that format of having... 12 people on your roster when only six of them get to play I think it's really weird no I, I, I like the idea because it means that like you get to formalize this idea of being rostered on even if you don't get to play it's like being on the bench for a fucking basketball team how many motherfuckers will, will just never play for the team they're, they're on the bench of you know yeah um, stacks loads uh it happens a lot. Uh, yeah. Um, but, but those guys get to see garbage time sometime. I feel like, um, you know, there, there really isn't garbage time in, in esports games, is there? Uh, once you get to, like, it's you hit a point and you win that game. No, there's, there's a bit of garbage time. I mean, like, if, if you see, like, some of the fucking... Some of the teams just get fucking stomped on. And uh, it might be a valuable... Like, it might be, I'd say, worth it to... Like, if you're going up against one of the shittier teams, uh, yeah, you, you might as well put in your fucking B team and give them some playtime. Yeah. Wouldn't it be worth it? Um, yeah. Like, I guess a lot of the time there isn't garbage time, but... Yeah, like... Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's worth checking. Um, yeah. Anyway... Anyway, that's cool. Um, just as a side note, the um, the the team that knocked out the Australian team at the Invitational Black Dragons um, is owned by uh, a girl called Cherry Gums, um, and she was their coach during the the games as well. Right, I'm a cool. big fan of the coaching thing in in uh, shooters. I like it. I, I, I'm uh, Nate was saying that that Ubi doesn't respect it, eh? Uh, really? Yeah, he was saying that like. Coaches weren't provided for as part of the team, and the only time they could talk was in between rounds. Yep. They got to do it. They got to do it. Fucking fuck that shit. Have coaches talking all the time. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, I I, I, enjoy, I think it's really cool. I'm, I'm a big fan of it in like Counter Strike. Um, yeah, I think there needs to be some uh, like some rule set set out. Um, I I don't know if I like it for games like PUBG. Right. I think that's a bit different. Um, Why is that? Because being being on the ground yeah. and having an extra eye is is a lot. There's a lot yeah. of information going on, right? Because you can, um, like, when we're playing games by ourselves, or, or we've got like the, the the four guys in the team, and we're watching. It's like, oh shit! Did you see that guy over in the corner? Yeah, like, totally. That that's an extra pair of eyes keeping an eye and giving you information. Whereas I think these types of games are a bit more fast paced. You don't really get that opportunity once you see someone. Mm-hmm. They're pretty much dead. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like it, it's so quick to die in, in these types of games. So, um, having it being more about strategies and and talking about um, positioning and that sort of stuff, I think is is more where it should go. Um, but yeah, as you said, they they're not allowed to talk um, in between, like during rounds. Um, they they have people there watching them. So yeah, it's it's I, it's an interesting format. I, I did talk to the esports guy about like coaches and and um, sort of where they're going with that sort of stuff so yeah it's cool yeah. I like it anyway yeah it's cool to see a, a female coach uh, jumping in there and, and helping that team up as well yeah totally alright awesome. uh, cool. next piece of news and the last one that I put down don't know if you have anything else uh, I just saw it before EA is not attending E3 again this year um, and they'll be doing EA Play which is in Hollywood for the third straight year yeah um, so they complained back in the days about uh, E3 not being open officially to public. Um, last year it was open to public. This year open to public again, but they're still not doing E. Well, they're not going into E3. Yeah, uh, I think they may, maybe they just don't like that they've lost their spot, or they just want to do their own thing. Yeah, yeah, I guess like they just yeah don't don't see the value anymore. They announced that uh, you'd be able to play the new the next Battlefield at it as well. Yep, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, I, I said on Twitter, though, I can't imagine, like, it's going to have to come out in quarter four, and I can't imagine, like, trying to release a game in quarter four this year. It, it just, it feel, it already feels, like, so daunting, a concept. Like, I don't know, Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to dominate everything. Yeah, it's it's going to be disgusting. Red Dead was dated for the twenty sixth, I believe. Yep. Uh, Battlefield One came out on the twenty first, so right, like Jesus. Yeah. Good luck, everyone. Get the fuck out of the way. Right, like yeah, proper. Just get the fuck out of the way. Um, your best bet is to go for a month early, I think, and try to get in then because if you come out after, it's done. You're done. Yeah, and that's um, that's only if it doesn't get delayed again. True, <laughs> but I don't think it will. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel, but I feel like if you're going to go to one of these, E3 would be the one you want to go to, unless you're a big Battlefield or Anthem fan. True, which is, I mean, I don't know if you could be an Anthem fan. We haven't seen much of it, but yeah. Um, yeah, if you had to choose between one of those events, I feel like E3 would be the, the one you might want to go to instead. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Might be better. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Once you get to play something. Yeah, true. Um, 
Like, what's? Oh yeah, there was one other thing. Uh, YouTube's made some changes recently. I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, YouTube made some changes, or if you didn't meet certain like uh, requirements, yep, uh, you would get. Uh, you're no longer able. To, you're no longer a YouTube partner. Yeah, no more monetization, right? Yep. And uh, I got hit with it. Right. Yeah. Um, and like it makes sense. I make like I think about five bucks a month from YouTube. Um, so it's not like mad stacks or whatever. Um, but still, like it was still a bit of a bummer. It still made me think, like, fuck them. That I'm not putting shit on YouTube anymore. But then I'm like, why the fuck would that be the case? Because I don't like it's not like I put a lot of effort into stuff I put on YouTube. I used to, but now I just usually like just put on put up like whatever the fuck. Just stupid frag videos from PUBG and stuff. Mm. I don't, it's it's an interesting one. It's definitely a mental thing. Because like, yeah, I'm making fucking five bucks a month. So it's not like I'm it's not like I'm relying on it or anything. Uh, and I was pretty, I'm, I know I'm pretty close to the threshold, uh, like just shy, I think, of the requirement um, to remain a partner. But um, if, yeah, if that's like, yeah, I don't know. So if all, all I'm making is five bucks a month and I'm that close, then yeah, maybe I'm not worth the effort on their part or whatever the fuck, you know? Uh, so I sort of get that, I guess. But uh, at the same time, they would be making money off my hard work because like, they still get to monetize it, right? They still get to put ads on it. I just don't get to see any of it, which is sort of garbage. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, I just thought it was, I don't know, weird. A weird little thing, a li- weird, weird little thing that popped up in my head or in my, yeah, situation, I guess. Um but yeah, it did. It actually like I was gonna make. I wrote a review for Kingdom Come, uh, whatever the fuck it's called, Deliverance, yeah. Deliverance. <laughs> um, and I put it up on the Gap yeah. site, and um, I was gonna make a video to go along with it, and then I'm like, eh, what the? F- what's the fucking point? Like, it's a lot of effort, and I'm literally not gonna see any anything out of it. So, like, it's a lot of extra effort. Uh, on top of you know writing the review itself, it'd be a, a whole bunch of extra time that I'd have to put in, and I wouldn't see anything out of it. So I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. And they've also been doing that thing where uh, being able to determine whether or not your video is worth being monetized. Like, oh, does your video have violence in it? And a lot yeah. of video game stuff has been getting flagged. Yeah. So. Yeah, it just seems like they're making huge mistakes. Meanwhile, Twitch. Uh, email me to tell me that I'm like a clip star or something because I do a lot of clips for my <laughs> IGN stuff. Yeah, what do you get out of that? Nothing, a badge or some shit. Oh, but uh, here's a star, like, like literally, yeah, literally a gold star. Um, but yeah, you, if you do a lot of clips and your clips got a lot of views from like the same channels, then you get to be a clip star or something. I'm like, cool, okay, whatever. It just seems like weird. Like YouTube is disincentivizing me to use it as a platform for sharing content while Twitch is rewarding me for sharing their content. Interesting What split. if YouTube started giving you stars instead of money? I'd be fucking well in, hey. I love stars. Um, but yeah, also go read that Kingdom Come Deliverance review. I thought it was pretty good. Um, 
Although, yeah, as as pointed out to me by uh, Aerial Fox, um, apparently you can equip the torch by holding one, not tapping one. Tap one and you equip your weapon. Hold one and you equip your torch. That is a dumb situation because it clear like it's a UI problem. Because if like I de-equip my fucking sword, you know, like anyway. Um, anyway, uh, that's it. That's what I got. Should we do some questions? Let's do some questions. Let's do some questions. Uh, Cleb writes, recently made the switch to 400 DPI. Gives my arm a workout, but my aim has definitely improved. That is not a question, Cleb. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to skip over responses to that. Uh, Baz writes, I'm going overseas to Japan. Since you guys travel often, I figured you might be able to help. What is the best way to spend money in Japan or any other country to use bank travel cards, 28 degrees cards, etc.? Luke, you've been to Japan. I'm going to Japan in June. I'm very excited. Uh, What's what's the deal? What's the go with money in Japan? Um, I when I went over there, obviously I took like cash money. Sure. Um, But I had a traveler card, like a bank travel card. Yeah. Um, but these days, I usually just use my debit card. Right. You don't care about the transaction fees or anything? No, I mean, I don't think they were a lot when I used... Like, I used my card the other day when I was over there. In Canada. Um, and I don't think I got charged much, if anything, for it. Maybe that'll come separately later on, but... Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, I can't be fucked, man. Right. Um, yeah, the Japan thing was a couple of years ago, so I feel like stuff has probably changed since then. But I don't know, bank cards seem to work okay. I reckon travel cards are the way to go. To be honest, uh, you load them up and they work out real well. Um, it is like it's definitely one of those situations uh, where you do like, yeah, I don't know. Last last time I traveled, I I was I forgot to get a travel card and I got hit with a bunch of fucking fees so i was pretty pretty fucking dirty about it um so yeah i definitely think the travel card is the best way to go yeah. uh at, i think they work by like you get charged a percentage based on how much you top up is japan a place where you like need cash or is it card focused um yeah cash is fine cash is fine yeah yeah you definitely see that a lot as well like places that just like some places just aren't about that card life, like cabs in the states and stuff. You know they hate hate having to use a, a card, mostly because they want cash so they can not report it, but um, not like get taxed on it. But still, like yeah, it happens a lot, so it's it's worth keeping an eye on. Uh, did you, yeah, so you use cash? You took cash over? Did you wind up no, using all your cash? No, Are you, I, you I didn't ca- take. Didn't use it. So. You didn't use any cash in Japan. I oh sorry, Japan. Uh, yeah. yeah, I um, I thought you were talking about Canada. Um, uh, Japan. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. I can't tell you how much we spent because it was yeah a long time oh, ago. Well, okay. But yeah, we yeah I do remember we took a, a travel card each, and you basically yep. just sign up at the bank, and yeah, I think it's for free, and then they just charge you top ups like every time you top it up, you get an amount. Yeah, I signed up for mine through Qantas. Because I got extra points for it, it was a good idea. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a good way to go. To be honest, um, that's yeah, I don't know, that's that's how I I do it anyway. Um, but most like yeah, 
most of the time you want a bit of cash on hand just to make sure uh, for places that don't don't use cards. Um, the other one is like how do you, how do you go with like roaming on your phone and shit? Ah, um, so I am with Vodafone at the moment. So you do the five buck a day thing? Yeah, they have five dollars a day. Yep. Um, no matter. Oh well, I guess they've got a list of countries that hey you can do roaming here and yeah they basically charge you uh, as soon as it picks up a signal yep. you get a message that says hey you're in the USA blah 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 here you go you, it's five bucks a day when you're here um, and then that just ties into your data limit so I get um, my data limit in Australia is like 15 gig a month um, and it yeah it's not like you've got an allocated five bucks you get one gig a day it's just your normal thing so I, I quite enjoy that um I, I think it's a giant scam when they're like, all right, you pay a dollar a megabyte or some yeah. stupid shit like that in some of the other places. So, yeah, I'm more than happy to pay five bucks a day. Um, yeah, totally. Just rather, what I used to do um, would I just buy like a, a SIM card in the US. And, yeah. Um, I think it was like 15 bucks or something like that, 20 yep. bucks for the month. Um, but this way, it means that I get to keep my number and all the other shit that's on there that's tied to it rather than swapping SIM cards in and out and, and that's sort of, you know hey here's my new number while I'm in this place it's just a bit easier I heard in Japan there's like a card that they use for like fucking everything it's like the card that you like like an Opal card type thing um, or Mikey card or whatever they call it up in fucking Brisbane the public transport card gets you on the trains but you can use it at fucking 7-Elevens and shit to buy stuff and all that did, did you encounter that much or? Uh, no. No, no, fair enough. I mean, they've got a, they've got like a Japan, like a rail pass. No, nah, no, nah, I'm talking about I don't about know that. what the other thing is you're talking about. Man, I've got to fucking remember what it was. I remember like when I was in Shanghai, uh, all the other dudes had been to fucking Japan and they were all telling me like nonstop details about this fucking, like, this system that they use i can't fucking remember sure. i mean they've got the yeah the one i know about is the japan rail pass and you use that on all the trains but otherwise i'm not sure what the other thing is whatever it is it's like the number one thing that that they were like yeah yeah that they reckon you should do oh man i gotta find it i'll see if i can find it um fair enough yeah damn uh Hang on, I think I found it. Maybe. Uh, no, that's just places to go. Go to Tokyo. <laughs> uh, oh, buy a Suica card. Nope. S-U-I-C-A. Uh, get the Hyper- Hyperdia app to make the train system a breeze. Okay. Uh, I don't know what a fucking Suica card is. Let's see if we can quickly Google that shit. Uh Fares and oh, so it's it seems like it's just for it's just the the Opal type card dealio, but it works on the metro, on trains, on buses, on the monorail, on fucking everything. Yeah, so, yeah. we only use trains when we're there. Trains right. system is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So get that shit, Baz, and the Hyperdia app. I don't know what the Hyperdia app is. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly either. Uh, it is a oh, it gives you the timetables and routes of trains, so it's sort of like a Google Maps type deal. Uh, but yeah, sounds good. 
Yep. Anyway, good stuff. I'm pumped for fucking Japan. I can't wait. I'm so excited. It's like less than four months away. I'm pumped. So excited. That's like right. the end of winter, isn't it? Um, what? Is it the end of winter during that? Over there? Yeah. No, it'll be fucking summer, won't it? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I don't know. They're Northern Hemisphere, aren't they? Didn't you go in the fucking winter? Yeah, I went. I went around about now. Yeah, winter. and it was winter. Yeah. How long do you fucking think winter is? It's not fucking Game of Thrones, mate. Like, it's three months away. Four months away. All right. We're near the end of summer now. All right. We're, there's seven days left in summer. There's not even seven days. There's like five days left in summer. It's, yeah, well, what do you know? Do you not Maybe know about seasons, long, motherfucker? Maybe they have a long winter. Oh my god, that's what I'm saying. It's not Game of Thrones that I have a long winter. Winter's always coming. Ridiculous. It's, winter's happening. Tom writes. Tom Sawyer writes. Feels like for various reasons, PUBG is dropping off ever so slightly. As someone who has been loving the game, it's frustrating to see the producers repeatedly fail to address ongoing concerns and produce a more polished product. I understand that it's still wildly successful and popular game, but it genuinely feels like it needs to step up a little. Can you see them pulling it together based on your own interactions with PU? And what would you suggest need to be the areas of focus? I raised this following yet another 5 gig patch that has resulted in a number of players experiencing massive amounts of lag at the client end, something that proper pre-release testing surely should have identified. Um, so that, that is from yesterday. So it must have been the stuttering that you were talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess, like, one of the things I see a lot, uh, and I'm not saying that this is the case with you, Tom Sawyer, but one of the things I see a lot is people like not understanding um, the how fucking how hard it is to ramp up a fucking studio because it's more than just like you hear that they've added like hundred a hundred people to their studio, but like that takes so long to like to wrap up to like actually get into like a state where they're actually useful, and for so long they are just dead weight they just exist until they can get to a point where they can start being productive because you got to get like, you got to ingest them. And if you are going from small to massive in the blink of an eye, you got to develop systems to ingest them. You got to like find HR people and fucking all these people that like a hundred people is not just a hundred devs. It's like all these like people to do all this shit that a big company needs to run like to function and uh yeah so i think we're just we're i think we're coming out of that phase you know i think we're finally getting out of that phase and obviously they they said that they were you know bogged down trying to um handle like the overwhelming amount of cheaters and shit like that uh that's a like that's the other that's the other thing you know like they're they just ran into a lot of problems all at once and they, like, I, I guess we were saying it before, the biggest issue is that they haven't been fucking communicating properly. They haven't been talking to people uh, externally properly in a way that allays people's fears. And so people are, yeah, like, I, I guess I agree, you know, it is dropping off. It's not like, I don't think it's, you know, dropping off at a rapid rate, but I think people are just sort of a little bit disheartened. And uh, at the same time, you know, there will be a lot of people who, like, PUBG isn't the game for them. Fortnite's the game for them. 
or you know other games of the game from they got into it because everyone was playing it was all anyone was talking about but at the end of the day it's not really the game so it'll drop off a little but i think and and also like the PUBG is coming on a year since it's you know hit early access yeah yeah true and like it managed to release inside a year which is better than some fucking games uh daisy um so yeah, yeah, I, I think they will. I think like they are fully compu- like PU is one thousand percent committed to making the game he's always dreamed about. Like it is literally his dream to make this game the best battle royale game, and he knows what he wants out of it, and he knows how he's going to do it. So yeah, I absolutely see this as being one of those things where, like, I don't think, I don't think. Like, they absolutely can do it. They can make it happen, and I think they will. Um, it's been just a bit of a slog for them to get there, though. You know? Yeah. Luke, thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree. I think yeah. if they can um, show us this roadmap in terms of what's going on and what's coming, Yeah, um, it'll get people excited again for, like, hey, here's all the new content that, that's yeah. coming out and, and what we can expect and that sort of stuff. Totally. Yeah, because at the moment it's just it's a lot of technical things like hey we're we're looking at cheaters we're looking at uh, addressing ping limits which they they did give another update about that um, in the last patch that went patch six whatever it was yeah um, it's not like hey here's here's all the new weapons guns and uh, maps we're working on and new content it's just adding small bits and pieces like they the, the last night's patch was the big change was. Uh, putting in a use UI update that shows you how many people are left on the plane. So they've closed the back of the plane. Now you can't look into it. And I guess that's a performance thing. They don't have to random people anymore. Yeah. Um, but now there's like a little thing that shows you how many people are on there. Uh, like it's a cool little update, but that's nothing huge and groundbreaking. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's not, they're not doing showy shit, you know, it's, and that's why they need someone who's good with external communications. They need a fucking community manager type deal. Uh, that is like kicking fucking ass. Yeah. Mean- and- meanwhile, like the same day, Fortnite has pushed out a season three update with new skins and, and new building, the way the uh, turbo building and and stuff like that. So, and yeah. presenting it really nicely as well. Hmm. All right. That, that sounds like a, hmm, we should play some Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's what Baz would have asked that. Baz would have said, have you guys considered playing Fortnite? Fortnite's doing this and this and this. Baz is Fortnite's biggest champion. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's been paid by the Russians to to seed Fortnite info. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's it. I'm going to go eat. I'm fucking starving. Holy shit. Look at this shit. Fucking two and a half (laughs) now. Look at this. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. All right. Um, the Gap. If you want to find us on iTunes, Android, Windows Store, you can do that under the GA Podcast of The Gap. You can write and review us, helps other people find the show. If you want to send us any questions, you can do it the old-fashioned way. Email the GA Podcast at gmail.com um, or you can send us a letter. Joe, what's your address? Uh, no, you can't send me a letter. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Discord. You can get questions on Discord, the GA Podcast.com. 
slash Discord. Uh, we've got, uh, you can ask questions on there, voice channels, play games with people, that sort of thing. Um, if you want to find us on social media, facebook.com slash GA podcast, twitter.com slash GA podcast, or our website, thegapodcast.com, has all the things we just talked about then, including past episodes of the show. And that's all thanks to our Patreon subscribers, patreon.com slash GA, the GA podcast. Uh, if you want to help support the show, thank you very much. Thank you. You're awesome. Yeah. Um, Joe put a, a 8,000 word review of <laughs> Kingdom Come Deliverance on the the Gap page. Uh, get yep. rid of that. Yep. I sure didn't. Um, <laughs> Classic. Now, I was in um, uh, Canada when you posted it, and Nate was reading it, and we're in a very loud uh, stadium. So ah. I never got a chance to go back and look at it. Oh, I just flicked through. It looked like eh. there was a lot there. It was, uh, it was, look, I, I just wanted to get some thoughts out. I had this really good idea for the title because uh, I called it um, A Scandal in Bohemia. Yeah. And uh, that's, uh, that's the title of a Sherlock Holmes story. Mm. And I'm like, uh, you're playing like this investigator and you're in Bohemia. Oh, my God. Sherlock Holmes shit. Oh, my God. I'm fucking, I am so fucking smart. <laughs> Uh, but I don't. I never really talked about the investigating stuff as much as I should have in the review. So yeah. I, I think it was lost. Ah, uh, boy. I also scrolled down the bottom. And was like, where's the video? And then right. <laughs> it's like, I'll just read this later. Then <laughs> yeah, not I'm not reading this shit. <laughs> what is this? Yeah, I'll have Joe read it back Joe. to me yeah. when I Good. get back next week. Solid. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'll do that for the next half an hour. I'll just read out twenty five hundred yeah, words um, or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, it'd be like uh, that is a podcast. Stuff. Yeah, genius, beautiful. Have Joe read his review. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, cool. Uh, if you want to find what I'm doing, uh, uh, twittercom slash or go to survivor.com. Lots of stuff about rainbows. Lots of rainbow, and yeah. Yeah, the last uh, week and the week coming up as well. There'll be a lot on the interviews, interviews we mm-hmm. posted. Um, so go check that out. Nice. What do you got happening? Uh, go to Red Bull. I talked to some A League, E League stars about uh, playing FIFA on Fox Sports, which is cool. Um, and uh, yeah, Nate's. Oh yeah, talked to. I don't know. I did some stuff. I don't know. It's all good. You Just go to Red Bull. Go to Red Bull. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, my little sister had a son this morning. Right. Martin Samuel. And uh, he's cute. And congratulations, sir. Yeah. Right. That's it. Hi. Right. Anyway, let's let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. Let's go. All right. Let's I'm get out so of here. All right. Peace. Bye. Thank you.